Sports. Mark Lancaster and Ian Stewart have teamed up with The Citizen to raise £20 million to build a new A&E. It was built in 1984 to care for 20,000 patients each year. This year, it expects to see around 70,000 patients. The hospital says a number of improvements have been made, but it's clear that a long-term solution will be needed to better serve local people. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election in Hampshire. Mike Thornton held on to the seat vacated by Chris Hune following his conviction last month. The Conservatives were beaten into third place by UKIP's candidate Diane James. I may have come second this evening, but you, Eastleigh voters, had delivered one humongous political shock. And can I say... Thank you. Can I say no longer... Will UKIP be excluded from being in the surveys and the polls? We will now always be included in all of the interviews. Treasure hunters have until the end of the day to find the hidden £8,000 in Milton Keynes Gallery. Artist Thomas Georgeson claims he's hidden the blank cheque for the money somewhere in the gallery. One month on, perhaps unsurprisingly, it's not been found. The online voucher company Groupon has sacked its chief executive and founder, Andrew Mason. The move came after the American company announced another quarterly loss, causing its share price to fall sharply. In a message to employees, Mr Mason said, After four and a half intense and wonderful years as CEO of Groupon, I've decided that I'd like to spend more time with my family. Just kidding. I was fired today. In sport, Watford travelled to the Midlands tonight for their televised championship game against Wolves. Gianfranco Zola's side can consolidate their position in the automatic promotion spots with a victory. The weather missed and drizzled to start, but drier and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. I love that statement from that uh, Groupon boss. I'm spending more time with my family. Not really, I got sacked. You do that. When you leave big companies, you kind of issue, thrash out a statement where everyone pretends that it was an agreed thing and that you're all on the side and stuff like that. Not really, I got sacked. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up. It's a Friday and... and in the office today, there was there was that kind of Friday feeling. We weren't all chomping down on crunchies, but there was that just kind of that vibe, that vibe going on, a, a little bit playful. Hopefully, we can contain ourselves to deliver you a professional and slick show. <laughs> yeah, right, that's going to happen. Coming up in the show this morning, Central Beds Council has recommended seven locations for gypsy and traveller pitches. Well, residents were furious at the meeting yesterday. Police were called in to control the crowds. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes was there. He'll be joining me next to explain exactly what happened. This is a story we talked about a few weeks ago. A cheque for eight grand was apparently hidden in Milton Keynes Gallery back in January. Well, you've got until today to find it. We've been trying to track down the artist who put it there. We'll speak to a man on a mission, Justin Dealey, in a little bit. And we'll also hear the incredible story of a Stevenage teenager who falls asleep for 15 to 18 hours at a time. She then wakes up in what's been described as a zombie-like state and starts hitting her family. This can go on... for up to 44 days at a time. Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Put your name up. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, residents in some areas of Bedfordshire are furious this morning at what they say is a rush decision by the council over gypsy and traveller sites. A backbench committee at Central Beds Council has recommended 66 pitches at seven locations in the county, less than it had hoped to push through, but residents are angry and say their views have been ignored. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, was at the meeting all day yesterday. Paul, I was following your tweets. Hmm. Uh, it, 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 it went on for a long time. Oh, it was six hours. Hours. Wow. Is that, is that a record for the longest council meeting? Um, certainly one of the longer ones I've been to for a while. There was a couple of planning decision ones, uh, once four that went on for about eight hours. Wow, so that's quite long. You yeah. get all the glamorous gigs. But it was feisty. What was decided mm. yesterday? Well, in so I've got here a map, which uh, I shall... I've, I've put a picture on Twitter, but it's not really particularly evident. But there's a map of the potential sites there okay. in Bedfordshire in, and, and central Bedfordshire region in particular. What they decided... So I, I, just, just, we'll, we'll put this on the Facebook page. Tell mm. me what, what, what the, the, these are. Where are the sites? OK, so the sites are... They, they're spread more evenly across the county than uh, the residents had first thought they would be, which right. I think was to some people's... Uh, sort of gratitude for some ways um, they've, remember yesterday morning we were talking about the number of potential sites being 32 yes, they whittled those down to 9 right. and they did that because the, the chairman of the committee effectively said well we need to go somewhere, I've thought maybe these 9 and it really did seem as simple as that in some ways they then said, well, uh, OK, we're not sure about that one, not sure about that. And they got to seven in the end. Right. And then they took a vote and it happened and it went through. And all that, that process took about six hours. Right. But it was only in the last hour or so that they actually sort of came to a conclusion or came to a decision. So earlier on the, in, the, in the day, we had all these representations. We had a representation from a man who you're talking to a bit later on, Richard Bennett, who's yep. been an advisor to the uh, local government association on gypsy and traveller sites. Yep. You had lots of uh, residents, around 30 of them, speaking for three minutes each explaining how uh, certain sites might be a problem in some areas. We even had somebody from the showman community, uh, the show people community, who are, who, you know, the people who put on fairs and, and, and circuses in some cases. He was explaining how he needed a site to, to help his children, you know, get educated and so mm. on. So we had all these representations. Then we had the councillors debating, and they would all try and sort of work out which ones were going. And, and so what were, the, what were the council saying? Well, the, 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 the council who were putting the motion forward said yeah. we have to put some site somewhere. Right. What they were hoping to do was put uh, uh, pitches. They were talking about pitch numbers. So they were talking about 157 pitches that they wanted to put through. Now, that would have seen them through, they say, to 2031. So right. they're looking quite far in the distance. Yeah. What some of the councillors were saying, well, that's too far in the distance. How on earth do you know what's it, what it's going to be like in five years, let alone yeah. 18 years? So they then sort of seemed to, to whittle that number down even further. And what they got through was around 66 pitches, which is far short of what they intended. So 66 pitches spread over seven locations. That's correct. OK. For gypsies and travellers. And show people have got 22 pitches spread over, well, one or two at the moment. A show people different, then? Well, you, yes. OK, that's interesting. What was the reaction from the room? Feisty? Yeah. Well, I mean, from some areas, very frustrating. Because if you see the, the map... There are two sites which I've circled there, which are very close to Barton and Clay. Yes. Now, sites number one one six and yeah, sixteen. That's correct. Yes. So one one six, I think, is the one to the to the west of Barton and Clay. Yeah. If, if I'm right in remembering, that's the one at Faldo Lane. And I was speaking to this gentleman, uh, Richard Beechner, Richard Beechner, sorry, who uh, was who lives equidistant between the two sites. I have great concern this decision in that it's flawed. 
The committee seem not to have realised that the site referred to as Faldo Farm, Faldo Road, which is in Barton Parish, is in close proximity to a site known as One Green Acres, which is in Pullocks Hill Parish. As the crow flies, they are equidistant from our farm and farmhouse. The chairman of the committee, I am sure, did not fully understand the implications of two sites in different parishes not being that close as the crow flies. I feel this is a flawed decision because we are now unfairly presented with two sites on each of our farm boundaries. So obviously he's, you know, he says that there's major concerns about yeah. how that decision was reached. He went on to sort of say that councillors perhaps didn't fully pre- really appreciate where those locations were mm. uh, and said that he'd heard you know rumors that councillors had actually realized that and and uh, but but that was quickly um sort of denied by the council what happens next what, what do these sites get built next week what's the the plan well there's a there's a long process still to to go later this month because we're in march now later this month uh, the council's executive will just sign this off in their regular executive meetings and it will go through to full council next week yep. uh, next month in april and then it goes to the secretary of state so they, they has to sort of officially sign it off and then it will be sort of out to public consultation there'll be a period where the residents will be able to have their say before it officially becomes part of the plan which i think gets signed off 2014 right so there's still a bit of distance between this but yesterday was significant insofar that it was the council's first efforts i suppose to to put these sites into some sort of concrete sort of plan we'll put this map on, on the facebook page we give this to kelly it, it, it's a little bit confusing but it, hopefully yeah. people will be able to make sense there of may it. be better ones facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr it got feisty police were called in and, and the, the yeah. doors were locked they did they, when i got there earlier on um so uh, we, well, i got there after uh, so after justin justin was already there and uh, i got there about quarter to nine or so mm. and already the room was more or less full mm. and the room could hold 180 uh, and that was including if they sort of opened the doors and and took over the cafe and put yes. up screens everywhere so they had these huge big screens that were yeah. showing relaying all this information it was quite disconcerting when the councillor in front of me was talking and i suddenly saw myself on the big screen mm. and had to stop playing with my mobile phone um but yeah they they they, they, they had to shut the door at one point because the, the security guard said there's too many people in the building mm. we can't have any more and you had this not standoff but it was close to because mm. you had the residents who were getting very frustrated who couldn't you know were worried they weren't going to be able to have their views and they've got the security guards trying to stop them a lot of passion there well thank you for that uh, paul in the next hour justin's gonna be live from barton le clay with some very angry residents paul before you go yeah. pinch punch first of the month Ow. and no returns sort of abuse sort of I got my mind set on you I got my mind set on you I got my mind set on you got my mind set on you but it's gonna take money a whole lot of spending money it's gonna take plenty of money to do it right child it's gonna take
Harrison. It was it was um, his birthday the other day. Seventy years old he would have been. Too lovely to George. Right, six fifteen, nearly six sixteen. Look at the time. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Russell Holding. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, morning, Ian. There's some disruption to train services this morning going through Milton Keynes. Both Virgin and London Midlands saying trains unable to run through Wolverton at the moment because of overhead line problems. So delays and cancellations starting to affect uh, those services. The roads don't seem too bad this morning. Still very early, I know. There's a little stretch of the A5 looking busy, according to my speed sensors, heading away from Milton Keynes uh, towards the uh, Stony Stratford area, but nothing else so far. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties. Radio. Thank you, Russell. Morning, it is 6.16. It's Friday the 1st of March. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Mid-Bedfordshire residents are vowing to fight plans for seven new gypsy and traveller sites. The government is being urged to review the laws on undercover policing in light of complaints about officers having sexual relationships with women from groups they'd infiltrated. In sport, Rafa Benitez has told the BBC he has an excellent relationship with the Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich. This is despite his outburst earlier this week. 
The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Mist and drizzle to start, drier and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees. Coming up, a story that's been fascinating me. A cheque for eight grand was allegedly hidden in Milton Keynes Gallery back in January. Well, you've got until today to find it. Reporter and qualified artist hunter Justin Dealey has been on a mission to track the artist down and find out if that cheque is actually there or whether it's a load of old guff. We'll find out how he got on before 6.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's three days of sport this weekend on BBC Three Counties Radio and it all starts tonight. And Watford finally do take the lead. After the win over Derby moved them into second place. Breathing space for the Hornets at the midway point of the second period. Watford hope to strengthen their assault on automatic promotion away to Wolves. That's the by Joel Ekstrand and Watford have got that all-important second goal. Live championship commentary in Three Counties Sport. Tonight from 7, BBC Three Counties Radio. Back in I'll put the right microphone on, shall I? <laughs> Otherwise, the whole show will just sound like this as I'm off mic and quite distant. This is much more professional. Right. Back in January, we told you about one man's mission to get people interested in art in Milton Keynes. It was reported that artist Thomas Georgeson hid a blank cheque for £8,000 somewhere in Milton Keynes Gallery. If you found it, you could keep it. It was signed by him. You just wrote your name in the top. You could cash it in. Well, today is the deadline. It must be found or the artist will remove it from its hiding place. I think I know where he's hidden it. I daren't say it on the radio. The story gained huge national media attention and our uh, art correspondent, Justin Dealey, can tell us the very latest. Yeah, I've got an idea where he shoved that cheque. You reckon? Justin, well, the, Thomas Georgeson's the artist. And, and That's right, it, yes. It, there, there was national news coverage about this. The, the one o'clock news phoned me up on the day this was announced because they thought we'd spoken to him. Yeah. And I said we couldn't, we couldn't get hold of him. And they said that he'd agreed to do an interview with them and then right at the last minute blown them out. He did exactly the same to us, Ian. Yeah. So nobody has managed to track this man down, Thomas Georgeson, but... Uh, is the cheque really there? Or well, is this a lot of old nonsense? A lot of people will say, yes, it's definitely in there, this cheque. Other people like you will say, mm, not sure about this, because if there is a cheque in there, come out and talk about it. Promote it. That's the whole point. You've got to promote these things. Well, Ian, <laughs> you're doing your nails again. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of chinny rack on. Yeah, okay. chinny rack on, come Ian, on. I tracked him down, and um, wow. he could quite believe it so i tracked him down on wednesday at his house ahead of this deadline today and i had a, a very bizarre conversation with thomas george i knocked on the door it went like this and suddenly the window opens upstairs and uh, he peers out and he says uh, yes can i help you i said yeah yes i'm from the bbc i'm looking for thomas george and he said to me he's um yeah he's uh, he's out at the moment i said it's you isn't it no he's it's you isn't it he went yes it's me <laughs> ian i know an artist when i see one he had a beard he had the glasses this man he was in to his art i can tell you that but uh, he came downstairs and uh, we had a conversation he wouldn't go on the record he said to no. me i'm not talking to, to any media no. that, that includes you. It was all really, really strange. So here is a, a brief description of what he said to us, and uh, as Thomas won't give us an interview, his words are read by a BBC employee and also art enthusiast Ben Nye. I don't know how you found where I live, but I won't be dictated to by the media. I won't be given an interview before my statement is read at 2pm on Friday. I did put a cheque in the MK Gallery, and it's not a PR stunt. It's all the money I have, I live with my parents, and I will have no money left if it's found. It's everything I have, but it's worth it to promote art in Milton Keynes. 
I'm planning something big for 2pm on Friday. But then again, I might not turn up. I might not. I won't be dictated to by the media, whether you turn up at my house or not. I've got a feeling, Justin, <laughs> he won't turn up at 2pm. I don't think he will. I know I what he's going to do, he right? Is he'll, tu- he'll, he'll probably turn up and say, right, I'm going to find the cheque now, yeah. but none of you are allowed in the room while I get it. <laughs> and then he'll put his hand in his pocket and he'll whip it out. Oh, look, it was here oh, under the table. Here. We deserve to know the facts, don't we? We want the facts. Uh, according to him, he says that there has been an increase in people. Uh, around four to 500 extra people have turned up looking for this. I was there on the 30th of January uh, with other members of the media. It was a media frenzy that day. I spoke to a number of people in Milton Keynes who had never used the the MK Gallery before and I asked them whether they would bother going to have a look for this check and this is what they said. Yeah, definitely going in in there now if it's open. (laughs) Opens at midday. (laughs) Midday, yeah. I'd be the first one in, mate. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And what would you spend the money on? My daughter's getting married this year, so that would go towards that. be absolutely perfect. But how far would you go? Would you quite literally tip the place upside down to find it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you just have a casual look? Yes. Well, Cheryl, we can see the Milson Keynes Art Gallery just over there to our left-hand side. Have you ever been inside the gallery before? No, I haven't. Never before. OK, this cheque of £8,000, it could be yours. Will you now go to the gallery? I will go and have a look, <laughs> yeah. It opens at midday. Does it? You're going to be first in the queue? Hopefully. <laughs> And you got your daughter with you today. Yeah. What would you spend £8,000 on, apart from buying me a drink? Disneyland. That would be a magical holiday. It would be, yeah. <laughs> well, Matthew, some people are very excited about this, but, but you don't think this cheque exists, do you? Well, it's not that I don't think it doesn't exist. It's just a massive ploy that it might not exist. It could just be a way of bringing people in. <laughs> it's not that I think it doesn't exist. It just might not exist. Uh, so listen, wonderful. Justin, there's gonna be a, well, there may be a statement at 2 o'clock. Yeah. You, who are you going to be speaking to later? I'm going to be talking to Catherine Sorensen from the Milson Keynes Gallery. Uh, a brief chat with her later on. We want to know, are these figures correct? Uh, have they seen an increase in people? Will there be security there today, considering there's a blank cheque in there for £8,000, we believe, and it's the last day, it's the deadline? But also... Does she believe it's a hoax? Because when we spoke to the staff on the morning this story broke, they said to us, look, we know nothing about this. He may have hit this check in here. He's not told us about it. We've looked for it and we can't find it. Is this a hoax? Yes or no? Hopefully the answer's live on your programme after 8 o'clock this morning. Thank you, Justin. Here's the Beatles. One day you'll look To see I've gone For tomorrow may rain so I'll follow the sun Someday you'll know I was the one But tomorrow may rain So I'll follow the sun And now the time has come And so my love I must go You'll find 
I love that. I think that's from Beatles for Sale, although I could be completely and utterly wrong. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the phone number. This, going back to this artist thing, do you think, do you believe he's put that check there? I, I think that's going to be the whole thing. I, I'm suspicious. I think he'll come and go, ah, the check never existed, but it got you talking about the check existing, and that was the art. I suspect that's the case. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Do you really believe that that artist, Thomas Georgeson, has left a cheque for eight grand in Milton Keynes Gallery? I'm suspicious. I was suspicious from day one. Uh, You would think that someone would have found it because they would have been, the staff would have been through that gallery with a fine-tooth comb looking for it. The punters would have been in there all over the shop. And if that check's not in that gallery, what do you think about Thomas Georgeson? Are you, are you angry with him? Or do you think, oh, fair play, no, he's, no, no, he's, he's got people talking. He's, he's got things all, you know, he's got people going to the gallery discussing art. 08459 455 555. Now, a campaign has been launched to raise £20 million to pay for a new A&E department at Milton Keynes Hospital. The Citizen newspaper and Milton Keynes' two MPs are behind the idea. They say with a growing population, the unit has outgrown its purpose. Well, Olga Norford is the editor of The Citizen. Morning, Olga. Good morning. Why have you decided to start this campaign? Well, I think um, we, we appreciate that, um, you know, uh, you know the problems um, associated with the hospital, um, you know, our post bag sort of would indicate that. And it's not just sort of the hospital in general, but A&E. And I think, um, you know, like anybody else, I think if you've experienced A&E at all, you'll know that um, not only can it, can it be traumatic, but it can be a, an extremely long wait. Um, the thing is, it's it's you know, a, a, facility, a facility that obviously is doing the best it can. However, um, we do know that it was it was built to sort of cater for just 20,000 patients and it's now used by 73,000 patients. So I think that tells its own story. It's, it's just outgrown its, you know, purpose. The site is too small um, and I think it's something that's urgently needed now. £20 million, Olga. How yes. on earth are you planning on raising that? Well, the thing is, we're not actually going to be raising the money as such. We understand that there, are, that there is funding available uh-huh. um, and that, um, you know, various sort of, um, you know, health facilities around the country are sort of going to be, um, you know, opting to sort of get a slice of this money. Um, what we want to do is galvanise the sort of support of all the readers, all our readers in Milton Keynes, to get behind this campaign and to put pressure on the government to put, you know, the A&E unit at Milton Keynes right at the top of the list so that we are sort of, you know, first when it comes to, first in, in line when it comes to sort of, um, you know, handing out this cash. So what can, what can our listeners and what can your readers do to help then? Well, we're going to be setting up a, um, a petition um, that uh, they can sign. We also want them to sort of be writing into us. So all this sort of um, support, all this sort of, you know, all their signatures will, will then sort of be sent to government. The MPs are doing the same thing on their sites. Um, so collectively, um, we're hoping that, as I say, you know, that we get enough support that, you know, we'll sort of make, you know, realise that, make the re- government realise that actually, you know, this is an, this is an urgent case. Um, the, the A&E unit there has been on the sort of trust risk register since May last year. Um, and we know, we know the waiting times have improved and, and the hospital is doing all, all it can. But the report did say that the A&E unit 
in MK was the worst department in terms of environment. So, you know, something needs to be done, and I think our readers would, want, would agree with us that, you know, we need to act now. Olga, listen, thank you very much for that. Olga Norford is the editor of the uh, Milton Keynes, uh, The Citizen, uh, 08459 She's going to try and badger the government to give them £20 million. Get the Milton Keynes at the top of the list. It's got to be worth doing, isn't it? Right, 6.29. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Russell Holding. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The severe disruption to train service this morning through Milton Keynes. They're at a stand through Wolverton where there are overhead line problems. It's affecting Virgin and London Midland services where I've seen a couple of cancelled trains already this morning. So uh, delays and cancellations for uh, some time, I reckon, as a result of these overhead line problems. There's also disruption to some of the East Coast services heading up towards the Lincoln area as well after a freight train broke down uh, Collingham. Thankfully, the roads uh, seem all right so far this morning. Certainly no significant delays. It did look a tad busy heading north away from Milton Keynes on the A5 for a bit, but that looks to have eased, and the speed sensor's not picking up any other delays so far this morning, so we'll keep an eye uh, on those throughout the rest of the morning. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. It's 6.30, time for the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Mid-Bedfordshire residents are vowing to fight plans for seven new gypsy and traveller sites in their area. There are calls in for a, a review of the laws on undercover policing in light of complaints about officers having sexual relationships in the course of their duties. And treasure hunters have until the end of the day to find the £8,000 apparently hidden in Milton Keynes Gallery. <laughs> Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to the Midlands tonight for their televised championship game against Wolves. Gianfranco Zola's side can consolidate their position in the automatic promotion spots with a victory. Defender Nyron Nosworthy understands that expectation levels have increased, but says his side will not underestimate their opponents. People are expecting a good performance. We play this good football and everyone wants to see that, but we won't take nothing away from teams who are, who are credibly very, very good but obviously in a bad position and everyone beats everyone in the championship and that makes things a lot harder. The new Luton Town manager John Still picks his first Hatters team for tomorrow's match at Stockport. He watched on Tuesday as his new side lost 2-0 at Braintree. The rebuilding process begins now, although Still says it's still likely to be a slow process. Where do you want me to start? There's loads of things, Mm. lots of things that that I like to do. Um, I have a way that I want things to run uh, on and off the pitch um, but you know, it's too many to mention at the moment. I think the focus at the moment is, is just on the team. MK Dons don't expect David Martin or Dean Bowditch to be available for selection for tomorrow's home game against Preston. Manager Carl Robinson's looking for his side's first league win since New Year's Day. Striker Isel McLeod is yet to score for the Dons, but his manager thinks it's just a matter of time. You just keep saying that you believe in them. And as, as time will come, it's an old cliche, but you tend to find the one that you miss hits or the one that hits him on the back goes in. Sometimes sets the forwards off and running. There's no logical reason to forwards scoring goals other than the fact that once they get one or two, confidence and freedom comes back into the game. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at seven o'clock. What do you think about this artist, Catherine Boyle? He reckons he's put an eight grand check in the in the Milton Keynes gallery. Yeah. Are you... Mm. Are you conv- you're, you're a news hound. You can sniff out the news. You're constantly sniffing out the news, literally <laughs> and metaphorically. I can smell something, but it's not news. <laughs> the BBC in beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC <laughs> Three Counties Radio.
I told you, there's this weird kind of Friday feeling vibe going on. Everyone's feeling a little bit naughty today. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in the next hour, hear the incredible story of a Stevenage teenager who falls asleep for 15 to 18 hours a day. She then wakes up in what can only be described as a zombie-like trance and then attacks herself and her family. And later on in the show... I'll be uh, speaking to my adopted nan, Nanny Eileen, who sent me a lovely letter this week. What a lovely letter she sent me. Every Friday, she comes on and she reviews the latest BBC introducing track. This week, it's the turn of Hertfordshire band Hollow Crowns. Now, can you believe it's a year ago, kind of to the day, it was was a a leap year, so it was the 29th of February, that we lost Davy Jones of the Monkeys. Well, it's very sad, of course, but it means I get to play a monkey's track yesterday and a monkey's track today. Sing Hosannas. Take the last train to Pottsville and I'll meet you at the station. You can be here by 4.30, cos I've made your reservation. Don't be slow. No, no, no. No, no, no. Cos I'm leaving in the morning and I must see you again. My train and I must go On the no no On the no no And I don't know if I'm ever coming home Take the last train to Clarksville I'll be waiting at the station Well I'll try for coffee-flavored kisses And a bit of conversation On the no no Take the last train to Clarksville Now I must hang up the phone I can't hear you in this noisy railroad station All alone I'm feeling low Oh no 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 Oh no 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 And I don't know if I'm ever coming Don't be slow Oh no 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 Oh no 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 And I don't know if I'm ever coming home Take the last train to Last train to Clarksville, the monkeys. Now, imagine you fall asleep for 15 to 18 hours a day. Then you wake up in this kind of strange zombie-like state and you start hitting your family and then harming yourself. Well, those episodes can go on for 44 days at a time. That's exactly what happened to Lois Wood from Stevenage. It's thought that she's one of 65 sufferers of the rare neurological condition Klein-Levin syndrome. But it's having a detrimental effect on the 14-year-old's grade, uh, 14-year-old grade A student. Serena Farrow went to meet her and her mum, Setter. She was being particularly 
violent towards herself. She was punching the wall. She was headbutting the wall. She got a big egg on her head. I had to wash blood off the wall. And she had no idea. When she woke up, me and her sister were trying to butterfly her fingers up and strap her up. And she just woke up in tears. She said, why do I hurt? Why do my hands hurt? Why does my head hurt? And so very, very confusing for her. Heartbreaking, soul-destroying for us. And frightening. Uh, it started around about like, like this time last year. I, I just saw it as I was gradually getting more tired. I didn't see it as anything different. But then I started to miss blocks of time and it got incredibly weird. It's kind of like uh, if you get a videotape and you cut out a strip of the videotape and then you glue the other two pieces back together and play it through, you're missing a chunk of the film. So you've missed that part of it and you have no idea what's going on. You've got to be filled in by other people. What's been your longest stint to sleep then? 44 days sleep, actual, like, knocked-out sleep. It's about 15, maybe, to 18 hours a day. Depends, like, between each episode, because re- recently it's been about, like, seven days, maybe five days in between, but my longest one was about a month, maybe two months. It's a bit difficult, because I've got to try and catch up on my work at school and catch up with my friends. Because I'm missing so many lessons, and I'm in the middle of my GCSEs. I'm so far behind on my sciences that I'll go in and I'll, I'll sit there, my teacher will be talking about titrations or molar mass, and I'll be like, never heard those words in my life, what's going on? My basketball, yeah, I was aiming for the 2016 Olympics. This year I was going to try and go for the England trials, but because I didn't make it, because <laughs> I couldn't go to the training sessions, it just wasn't possible for me to achieve it. I've got some friends that I have lost due to this because they've done the thing of, oh, you're never here, I never get to see you, like, you're not there when I need you sort of thing. But then I've got, like, my best friends, like, they're always there. I, I wake up to have, like, days and days of messages, about five messages, they go, are you OK? Like, how are you? You're asleep sort of thing. It's all, I don't want to say it, but it is a waste, isn't it? It is, and, and you find this with all the KLS patients are high achievers. So because they don't know what causes it, they can't fix it. A lot of people have said that she's a typical skiving teenager. I wouldn't say that. She's very motivated, very driven. She's on the gifted and talented register for English, maths, sport, history. I mean, she sat an exam in her sleep. She doesn't remember any of it. How did you do in that exam? I got a C. (laughs) (laughs) This last episode, she was asleep for 18 days. But when you say 18 days, you've got to eat and drink in between this time. Yeah, yeah. The best analogy I can give is like a dimmer switch. So off is completely asleep. She is comatose, knocked out. And then on is fully awake. In between, you've got all the phases between awake and asleep. She sleepwalks. And that's the best analogy that I can give for this, what she says, missing time. She doesn't talk to anybody, but she can do automatic functions. She goes to the toilet, she eats, and that's about it. Then she sort of steps up her phase and she's a bit like a four-year-old child who's hit the brandy. She's boisterous, very limited in her repertoire. She needs to play with everything. It takes about two or three hours for her to wake up. You know that groggy feeling that you have in the morning? Mm. She'll have that for two or three hours. Oh, when you're hungover. Yeah, or when you're hungover, yeah, very much like hangover. Not that you'd know much about her. <laughs> She'll come down wrapped in her duvet with it over her head. I'll say, hello, love, how are you doing this morning? Nothing. She doesn't even acknowledge that I'm there. She goes into the lounge, she lies on the sofa, she turns the telly on 
and that's it for the next six or seven hours. It's like talking to a brick wall. <laughs> well, stay listen because later on in the show, Lois and her mum will be coming into the studio to tell us a little bit more. 08459 455 555. Here's a song you don't get to hear on the radio very often. The Mamas and the Papas, Creek Alley. John and Mitchie were getting kind of itchy just to leave the folk music behind. Saul and Denny working for a penny, trying to get a fish on the line. Getting higher in L.A., you know where that's at And no one's getting fat except Mama Cast Thought it's a daddy and all there aren't many Who can sing a song the way that you do Let's go south Danny says, golly, golly, don't you think that I wish I could play guitar like you Still getting higher in L.A., you know where that's at. And no one's getting fat except Mama Cass. When Cass was a sophomore, planned to go to Swarthmore, but she changed her mind one day. Standing on the turnpike, thumb out the hitchhike, take her to New York right away. What they were aiming at And no one's getting fat Except Mama Gas Mug bumps, high jumps, low slumps Big bumps, don't you work as hard as you play Make up, break up, everything is shake up Yes, it had to be that way Sebastian and Just a catching fire in L.A., you know where that's at Everybody's getting fat except Mama Cass through a very big Mamas and Papas phase at the moment. I just bought a load of Mama Cass. They've re-released like a load of mid-70s Mama Cass albums on CD. Oh, man alive! What a voice! 
What a voice. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six, nearly 6.45. Let's get the truck... Oh, she's turned up, has she? Oh, it's Russell. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm with you on the Mama Cass. Fantastic music. Isn't she good, Russell? Brilliant. Absolutely. Love a bit of Mama Cass. Sorry, I, for a second I thought Sophie Tyler had, had deigned to turn up for work. I apologise. You've stood You've stood in. Good Good for you, Russell. I Let's have it. I here right through now by Thank the sounds you. of it. I'm sorry about that. No, don't apologise. Um, disruption, disruption on the trains this morning. There's a problem near Milton Keynes with the overhead lines at Wolverton and the trains have been unable to run through. They've started to cancel a number of trains now and they're putting bus services in between Milton Keynes and Northampton. So some disruption, I'm afraid, to trains with both Virgin and London Midland. Uh, the roads, thankfully, Ian, don't look that bad at the moment. I'm certainly not aware of any accidents or incidents. The speed sensors suggest that everything's moving OK on the M1 and on the M25, the A1 doing OK. Uh, there is one other train problem. The problem itself is a bit further afield, but it's affecting East Coast services through Stevenage, so there's some disruption possible as a result of that. But otherwise, it looks like everything else is OK so far. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. 6.46, Friday the 1st of March, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Mid-Bedfordshire residents are vowing to fight plans for seven new gypsy and traveller sites. There are calls for the laws on undercover policing to be reviewed in light of complaints about officers having sexual relationships in the course of their duties. In sport, ahead of tonight's game against Watford, Wolves manager Dean Saunders is vowing to turn the club around and save them from relegation. Coming up before seven, I'll be speaking to my adopted nan, Nanny Eileen. Every Friday, she comes on the show and reviews the latest BBC introducing track. This week, it's the turn of Hertfordshire-based band, Holland. Crowns. But before that, here's the latest weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Cause for celebration today, a pinch and a punch, the first day of the month, happy St David's Day, and it's the first day of the meteorological spring after what seems like a very long winter. Unfortunately, though, it's going to be anything but spring-like today, really rather cloudy and dull. We are kicking the day off on a milder note than we've been seeing recently. Temperatures around sort of 3, 4 degrees Celsius for the most part, but it's going to be um, really rather cloudy. We've got some mist patches out there this morning, rather murky start to the day. That will grow gradually lift to low cloud and that's going to stick with us for the rest of the day and indeed for much of the weekend as well. Um, Some outbreaks of drizzle at times, just spits and spots, nothing particularly significant in terms of rainfall, certainly a drier afternoon. We've still got that northeasterly breeze, it's fairly light but it will be noticeable in more exposed areas. Lots of cloud around for the rest of the day and temperatures only up to around 5 or or 6 degrees Celsius later on for Hatfield, Dunstable for Ellsbury, Great Missenden as well, 6 degrees Celsius here, that's 43 in Fahrenheit might just squeak up to 7 somewhere you never know into this evening and overnight it's going to be cloudy it'll feel quite chilly as well temperatures down to 2 or 3 degrees Celsius the winds will drop out some mist patches again into tomorrow grey and dull generally over the weekend but at least it will stay dry something a little bit more spring like coming our way by Monday some nice spells of sunshine that's the forecast thank you very much Elizabeth There are so many ways to listen to Three Counties Radio on FM 95.5, 103.8 and 104.5 on AM 630 and 1161. 
online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. And now on DAB Digital Radio. Search for us, BBC 3CR. Bringing local radio to you in more ways than ever. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Introducing supports the unsigned, undiscovered and upcoming musicians and groups from the three counties. If you're making music, upload your best tracks, not the rubbish ones. We don't want the rubbish ones. Okay, we want the best ones, of course, to bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing and you might get your music heard on the radio. Even better, you might get your music uh, listened to by none other than my Nanny Eileen. Morning, Nanny Eileen. Good morning. Reviewed is the word I was trying to think of there. I have the same problem myself, trying to think of the right word sometimes. I, I tell you what it is, I slept terribly last night, Nanny Eileen. I've oh. got that thing where my mouth is two seconds ahead of my brain, and so my brain's... <laughs> my timing is all off this morning. Ah. Oh. How are you, my love? You good? I'm very good, thank you. I was out drumming last night, and it really is good. Where, where were you drumming, Nanny Eileen? Um, in St Albans, in, in a drumming circle. And uh, tell me about this drumming circle. How many people are in it? Um, Well, it varies, you know. Um, Last night, I think there was about 15 of us. And how how does it work? What do you do in a drumming circle? Well, you Um, drum, obviously. Well, I've got um, a Native American hoop drum. Oh. I've also got a djembe, but the djembe is a bit difficult to... What what on earth is a djembe? Pardon? Um, The African drum with the waistline. Oh, okay, yes. That's the one I mean. Yeah, yeah. Great fun. Lovely. But um, it gives you that feel-good factor. And actually, um, scientifically, they've discovered that it is very good for lowering the heart the um, heart rate. Wow. If you have heart problems, you know. Do you fancy doing some drumming with me now? Uh, no. Oh, have... you don't fancy a bit of... But I did enjoy Mama Cass. Mama Cass was great, wasn't she? Oh, that was really Love a bit of Mama really Cass. Good. I might sneak in some of Mama Cass CDs next week and play <laughs> something a little bit more unusual. I got your letter, Nanny Eileen. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very lovely. It turns out you're a lovely, lovely lady. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to reveal one bit in the letter. Nanny Eileen was worried <laughs> that my tongue was in my cheek <laughs> and that I would be kind of um, laughing at you. Yeah. And then you spoke to your friend and you went, no, 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 no. You went, no, 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 he's, he's, Ian's fine. Ian's, Ian, I've, I've heard Ian before yeah. and he'll be doing it with respect and love. Yes. And that's, that's what this is all about, Nanny yes, Eileen. Yes, I accept that. Good, and mm. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you accept that. Now, listen, uh, yes. th- th- it's the BBC introducing. Yes. We played a very sad track last week that brought yes. back lots of, lots of emotions in all of us, I think. Yes. It was very powerful, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was very. This week it's um, a, a group of uh, young lads, it says on my screen. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> 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 You're in. Oh, young lads, Nanny Eileen, yes please. Uh, they're from Stevenage yes. and they're called Hollow Crowns. Yes. The track is called Strings. Yes. Should we have a little listen and then a chat afterwards? Okay. Alright my dear, let's have a listen and see what, they, what, what noise they make. I'm looking over it's like I don't know her Maybe I should say hi we're short in the sea and leaves from a tree I stare straight into her eyes And why would it feel like if I lost my sight Would she still be beautiful? Cause I'm getting old but my heart's been sold So I answer her back and
What a fun song. It's our BBC Introducing Track of the Week. It's called Strings by Hollow Crowns from Stevenage. Well, listening to that is my adopted grandmother, Nanny Eiley. Nanny Eiley, what what did you make of that? And, and, and speak frankly, speak as you find. I liked it. Sorry? I liked it. Did you? Oh, yes. Why did you like it? I liked the instrumentals. Yes. I liked the energy that was coming from them. A lot of energy. Yes. A lot of energy. But it reminded me a little bit of um, Under the Bridge by yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mixed with a little bit of Kooks, mixed with uh, quite a huge dash of Franz Ferdinand. Are they are they bands that you're familiar with? No, they're not. Oh, you'd like Franz uh, Ferdinand. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, you'd like them, I think, yeah. Yes. So how did, how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel jolly? Um, a bit thoughtful, actually, but I did like the rhythms. Um, I couldn't hear the words clearly. Mm. Um, some of the words that I did get, um, were a little bit bothersome, you know, but the, um, rhythm of it... Yeah. Um, yes, I enjoyed that. They're yeah. good, aren't they? they they're very, very, very powerful. Yes, very yeah. powerful. I tell you what. Listen, the the, the, the uh, BBC introducing team is is listening. I, I'm worried that we keep sending you on a downer, Nanny Eileen. I don't. <laughs> BBC introducing team next week. Can we have like a really fun, uplifting song for Nanny Eileen, please? I don't. I don't want to ruin your weekend by getting no, no, you all no. melancholy. Oh no, you don't. Don't worry. What are you doing this weekend, Nanny Eileen? Um, not a lot actually. Oh. Not a lot. Just I- chilling. Uh, no, I'm going to um, Hitchin this afternoon yeah. into St Albans to see a friend tomorrow at the market. Oh, lovely. Yes. Well, I like my nice, quiet weekends. I, so. I like nice, quiet weekends, but with a, with a three-year-old and a one-year-old... Oh, have you? Yeah. I don't, have you? I don't get... Ne- next time we meet, I'll show you a picture of them. Oh, I'd love to show see Show you a picture of the boys. And has Velvet su- settled down? Velvet... Okay. <laughs> Velvet, is, for those who don't know, Velvet is my cat. We moved uh, three weeks ago. She's kind of settled down, but we've, we've had her food and her water upstairs. Yes. And we're now trying to move it downstairs, so she's not eaten for three days. Oh, bless her. Because she won't go downstairs to eat the food. Oh. But I'm going 
going to leave it down there because when she gets hungry, Nanny Eileen, yeah. she will find it and she needs to start exploring the house a little bit more. Yes, yes. Uh, well, listen, lovely to talk to you. Thank lovely you. to meet you last week and thank you so thank much you. for your letter. But I do think these, these new groups, I do admire them so much because all this music is coming from their hearts and their souls. You're right. What a powerful phrase. And I'm sure that will give uh, the hollow crowns from Stevenage uh, a, a real lift hearing that on, on a Friday morning. Take care, Nanny Eileen. Speak you. to you later on. Thank my dear. you. Bye. There we go. She, what, what a lovely lady. I met her last week when we were uh, out in the square in Luton. Absolutely. She just, this, this lady turned up. I said, hello, my love. What's your name? Eileen. Oh, my goodness. It's Nanny Eileen. And she was absolutely charming. And then she sent me uh, this week. I came in and uh, I was feeling a little bit down. It was a tough week last week. And uh, I got this lovely letter from Nanny Eileen, and it was, it was marvellous to get. So thank you very, very much uh, for that. I really want to get your thoughts on this, um, in inverted commas, artist who claims to have left, left a cheque for £8,000 in Milton Keynes Gallery. Today is the last day to find it. He may, or he may not, give a little press statement at 2 o'clock this afternoon. This is my opinion, and my opinion only. I suspect that there is no cheque in the gallery and he kind of said this not realizing this would get national nay international press coverage and now thomas georgeson is panicking slightly because he potentially and this is again just my opinion not the opinion of the bbc could potentially be outed as a hoaxer if he were would you hate him for it or would you think fair play no well done he's done something a little bit different does make a little bit brave and bold. Does it? Does it matter if it's a hoax? Will you feel cheated if there is no check for eight thousand pounds in Milton Keynes Gallery? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text as well on this one eight one three double three. Start your text three CR and do do put your name on your text. Otherwise, it ain't getting read out. Here's the travel with Russell. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, severe disruption into train services north of Milton Keynes. Nothing running between Milton Keynes and Rugby because of overhead line problems. Uh, Wolverton is a replacement bus from Milton Keynes to Northampton to connect with trains from there. Uh, that's affecting both London Midland and Virgin train services. Road's not bad, but very slow on the North Orbital Road, the A405, just off Junction 21A of the M25 at Brickett Wood. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, thank you very much indeed. Coming up after seven, we'll be speaking uh, to a gentleman, Richard Bennett, who was at this meeting yesterday, the uh, the council meeting, to discuss traveller and gypsy sites. And he really... Um, well, the audience... The audience, I don't think that's quite the right word. But the people there were quite wound up by what he had to say about the gypsy and travelling community. We'll find out exactly what he said after the news. Here's Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headlines, Midbeds Traveller Sites Revealed, MK's, MP's Call for Police Review and MK Gallery Treasure Hunt ends today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire residents are vowing to fight plans for seven new gypsy and traveller sites. Central Bedfordshire Council say they're obliged to provide 66 additional pitches in order to satisfy government requirements. The locations revealed late yesterday are Tingrith, Caddington, Biggleswade, Potton and Letchworth, as well as two near Barton the Clay, where Mandy Hudson lives. I feel that we're kind of a little bit surrounded. Um, it's going to give a, 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 a 
distinct impression when you enter the village and when you leave the village. So, yeah, obviously it has an impact, but I couldn't say if we've done any worse or any better than in any other village, to be honest. We shouldn't be pitted against each other. The government's being urged to review the laws governing undercover policing. The Home Affairs Committee made the recommendation after considering the cases of policemen who'd had sexual relationships with women from groups they'd infiltrated as part of their duties. MPs are joining forces with the local paper to buy Milton Keynes General Hospital and new A&E department. Jessica Cooper has the details. Mark Lancaster and Ian Stewart have teamed up with The Citizen to raise £20 million to build a new A&E. It was built in 1984 to care for 20,000 patients each year. This year, it expects to see around 70,000 patients. The hospital says a number of improvements have been made, but it's clear that a long-term solution will be needed to better serve local people. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election in Hampshire. Mike Thornton held on to the seat vacated by Chris Hewn following his conviction last month. The Conservatives were beaten into third place by UKIP's candidate Diane James. I may have come second this evening, but you, Eastleigh voters, had delivered one humongous political shock. And can I say... Thank you. Can I say no longer will UKIP be excluded from being in the surveys and the polls... We will now always be included in all of the interviews. Time is ticking away to find the hidden £8,000 in Milton Keynes Gallery. Artist Thomas Georgeson claims he's hidden a blank cheque for the money somewhere in the gallery. A month on, perhaps unsurprisingly, it's not been found. The online voucher company Groupon has sacked its chief executive and founder, Andrew Mason. The move came after the American company announced another quarterly loss, causing its share price to fall sharply. In a message to employees, Mr Mason said, After four and a half intense and wonderful years as CEO of Groupon, I've decided that I'd like to spend more time with my family. Just kidding, I was fired today. In sport, Watford travel to the Midlands tonight for their televised championship game against Wolves. Gianfranco Zola's side can consolidate their position in the automatic promotion spots with a victory. The weather mist and drizzle to start, but drier and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees Celsius, that's 43 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Oh, the weekend. What have I got planned for this weekend? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I might be going out for dinner with my wife this evening for the first time in eight months. That's what happens when you have kids. You see, that's what happens when you have kids. Eight months. We might go out. Wouldn't that be nice? Lots coming up on the show this morning. And as always, uh, keen to get your opinions on them. Some of the stuff we're talking out, uh, about between now and eight o'clock. Seven sites for gypsy and traveller pitches have been recommended for central Bedfordshire. Residents of Barton are furious. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, is going to meet them to find out why. If you want to see where these seven sites are, have a look at our Facebook page. We, we've put a, a little map up there and highlighted the seven sites in blue. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. What do you think of the locations that have been chosen? Do you think they're good, or are you, you breathing a sigh of relief they're nowhere near you? Or is this the first you're seeing about it? A campaign is being launched to raise £20 million to pay for a new A&E department at Milton Keynes Hospital. I'll be speaking to MK South MP Ian Stewart to find out why he's supporting it. And we'll hear, we'll hear the story of a Stevenage teenager who falls asleep for 15 to 18 hours at a time. She then wakes up in a zombie-like state and starts hitting her family. This can go on for up to 44 days at a time. 
Lois Wood and her mump will be in the studio to tell us more. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can have a look at the uh, the Traveller and Gypsy sites there. You can text in 81333, starting your text 3CR, or look at the entire switchboard. All 12 lines are free and empty. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in some areas of Bedfordshire are furious this morning at what they say is a rushed decision by the council over gypsy and traveller sites. A backbench committee at Central Beds Council has recommended 66 pitches at seven locations in the county, less than it had hoped to push through, but residents are angry and say their views have been ignored. Well, one area which worries residents is Barton the Clay. There are two sites proposed near to the village. Richard Beechner is from Faldo Farm in Barton. He told our political reporter of his concerns. I have great concern this decision in that it's flawed. The committee seem not to have realised that the site referred to as Faldo Farm, Faldo Road, which is in Barton Parish, is in close proximity to a site known as One Green Acres, which is in Pullocks Hill Parish. As the crow flies, they are equidistant from our farm and farmhouse. The chairman of the committee, I am sure, did not fully understand the implications of two sites in different parishes not being that close as the crow flies. I feel this is a flawed decision because we are now unfairly presented with two sites on each of our farm boundaries. They are on the two access roads to the farm, which only lead to the farm. Faldo Road site has its own problems, which I do not understand why it got through the stage in principle. It is adjacent to a 70-mile-an-hour dual carriageway. There is no footbridge or methodology of getting across that dual carriageway without taking your life in your hands for 70-mile-an-hour traffic. Slow-moving caravans turning off the A6 dual carriageway directly into Faldo Road will be doing so at minimal speed because very quickly they have to turn left again within 10 yards to get into their site. So you'll have vehicles travelling at 70 miles an hour, not expecting a vehicle in front of them that is turning left, to then stop whilst it makes sure it can get into a narrow entrance. I believe this is flawed. I'm disappointed that this was not understood by the committee. So, I mean, there have been concerns about the way that this entire process has been dealt with. I mean, is that something that residents in Barton and from people you've heard today speak are are echoing? The process is complicated. You have a decision from central government requiring councils to do certain things. Those of us that live in the rural community do not agree with the whole principle of what we're trying to achieve, so we have conflicting forces. I'm afraid what we're seeing at work is councillors voting in order that it doesn't hurt their own constituents. So we end up with, not in my backyard, thank you, oh, it's all right, it's near somebody else. The whole strategy is not quite right. Let's not go into the whole reasoning for travellers, because that is an argument which has unfortunately become enshrined in law, which I think is also flawed. We are suffering as a rural community of trying to fit a rule that doesn't work into a way of life which we are struggling to, to maintain. This is not a decision as such, though, is it? I mean, this is really a a recommendation that will go through to the the council uh, next month and then there will be a public consultation as well. Is there still time in your eyes to try and do something about this decision? 
I have been told that there are two more stages that this decision has to go through. However, it is more difficult to change a decision which has been recommended than persuade somebody to change that decision. My fear is that through inertia, people will say, oh yes, possibly, sorry, not the best way round, but we can't do anything about it. We will be fighting tooth and nail to show that this is a flawed decision on the basis that they did not understand the relationship between two sites. Now, I've been told that this decision does not come back to this council again, so we will have to take our representations to a higher level. But what we must make absolutely certain is that those people making the decision actually are informed. That was Richard Beechner from Faldo Farm in Barton talking to our political reporter, Paul Scoynes. Well, with me now is Richard Bennett. He's advisor to the Local Government Association on Gypsies and Travellers. Morning, Richard. Good morning. Richard, what were you there to do yesterday? Uh, I was invited to the committee so that they could have um, an up-to-date view of what the government was requiring of them to try and explain to the settled community, those attending, exactly what the options were for the council, and also to give a little bit of background as to why the government has taken the steps that it has. Because, uh, you know, there's a shocking shortfall of pitches for gypsies and travellers. We've got nearly 3,200 gypsies and travellers who are homeless in the country. You were booed yesterday, weren't you? What, what, what did you say that, that, that provoked that reaction? Uh, I wanted to deal with some of the issues which, which people read in the popular pe- press, such as crime and, and rubbish and taxes, and actually say what the facts are, because everybody believes that you get criminality associated with gypsies and travellers, and there's no evidence to support that. Uh, lots of people think that there'll be rubbish piled up and there's lots of evidence to support that gypsies and travellers like to live in clean and, and nice places just as you and I do. And, of course, gypsies and travellers who live on authorised sites pay their taxes in exactly the same way as you and I have to. You also mentioned uh, about some of the health issues involved with the travelling community as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. The, the health outcomes for the gypsies and travellers, because they've got nowhere to live, uh, their life expectancy is about 20 years less than for the settled community. They're twice as likely to have long-term illnesses, and the infant mortality rate is is simply shocking. uh, 18% of gypsy mums have suffered the death of a child, compared to, I think it's 0.3 and 0.7% for perinatal and prenatal mortality for the settled community. Richard, if you were presenting these these facts about about health and about tax and crime and uh, cleanliness, why do you think people were booing you? Because there's a huge gap between what public perceive and the actual reality with gypsies and travellers, I'm afraid. Uh, And I've now been around the country, I've done over 100 presentations at different councils, Uh, and what we find is that the fear of the unknown is far greater than than actually the reality when it it, it comes into force. Gypsies and travellers living on small sites, and I do emphasise this, that I always recommend that sites should be small, no more than five pitches, you know, a nice family-sized unit so that it's a bit like... Uh, it's a bit, a bit like you and me living in a house. The, uh, gypsies and travellers with a nice family-sized unit. Um, uh, they integrate with the community really well. 
Um, and uh, it's the large sites which seems to cause the problems. We um, we were talking about this yesterday but before the meeting, and we spoke to lots of people um, who were against these traveller pitches, and they were saying um, because of uh, the the facility, there won't be enough facilities to cope for more people because of the environmental impact, because of the the, the, the sewage problems that, that that more people living there could present. Do you believe those reasons, Richard? Or do you think there's a, there's a, there's a prejudice there? Well, so, some of those reasons may be valid because I, you know, I, I'm not presented with all that sort of facts, but there'll be no more pressure on facilities for a five-pitch site than if you had one house being built in the area. Are, are these people saying that they haven't got the facilities to cope with an additional property? I, I mean, yes, I'm afraid some of the comments I did hear yesterday were... Utterly ridiculous, uh, I think. For, for example? Well, I think one person said, this is a totally unsuitable site, you can see the church from there. Um, oh. Well, you know, that's not a valid planning reason to, su- to, to suggest that uh, it's not a suitable site for gypsies and travellers. Um, do, you, do you think, it, do you think it, that there's that it's racism? There's racism here? Uh, I'm, fr- I, 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 I'm not going to say there's racism in, in, in this particular situation. I, I, I am going to say that gypsies and travellers seem to be the last acceptable form of racism in this country. Um, you would never, for example, put out the race of somebody uh, if, if they were convicted of a criminal offence, but how many newspapers will, will have a banner saying that a gypsy is being convicted of something? Uh, you wouldn't say that of any other race. You wouldn't say an Englishman or a Scotsman's been convicted of an offence. Um, and, and I think a lot of people don't realise that gypsies and Irish travellers are races protected and, and recognised in both English and European law. Richard, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Richard Bennett, advisor to the Local Government Association on Gypsies and Travellers. He spoke at the meeting yesterday, uh, presented the facts as he sees them, and was was booed. Well, you heard what he said. You heard why he was booed. Uh, what do you reckon? 08459 455 555. He says that the... Um, and he has the, the evidence to back this up. I have no reason to doubt this. He says that the, the reports of crime and, uh, um, uh, you know, the gypsy sites being dirty, that it's a myth that more often than not, there's no increase in criminal activity. There's no... They're not... Why would travellers want to live somewhere dirty? 08459 455 555. would love to speak to you if you were at that meeting yesterday. If you tried to get in and uh, you, you, you couldn't, or if you were actually sat in there. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. There is a map of the seven sites that um, got the thumbs up yesterday. What do you think? 08459 455 555. 715 now, travel news. Russell Holding. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the severe disruption to train services this morning, Ian. Firstly, with London Midland and with Virgin train services uh, coming through Milton Keynes. There are overhead line problems at Wolverton. London Midland not running between Milton Keynes and Northampton. Virgin not running a service between Milton Keynes and Rugby. There is a replacement bus from Milton Keynes to uh, Northampton where you can connect with London Midland from there. Virgin train services can then get a connection 
by train up to uh, to rugby and then change there. I'm told, though, it's only a limited service. I think there are only about three coaches running, so it could be quite a long wait for that. Uh, there's also disruption to some of the East Coast services going through Stevenage. They are running, uh, but not that much further north. Buses replacing trains uh, between Lincoln Central and Newark Northgate after a freight train uh, broke down. On the M25, it's starting to look busy anti-clockwise around Junction 25, the turn for the A10, and then 17 to 16 from Maple Cross round to the M40. Busy on the roundabout just off Junction 21A as well at Brickett Wood. Uh, most of our other local routes not bad. There's a little stretch of the A41 that my speed sensors say look a little bit slow through Aston Clinton, uh, heading west towards Aylesbury. Uh, but otherwise, I can't see anything else particularly significant. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. Morning, it's nearly 7.17. It's Friday the 1st of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Central Bedfordshire Council is refuting residents' claims they haven't been properly consulted over plans to expand or create traveller sites in the area. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hune. UKIP caused an upset by beating the Conservatives into third place. In sport, Rafa Benitez has told the BBC he has an excellent relationship with the Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich, despite his outburst earlier this week. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, mist and drizzle to start, drier and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees. Coming up, a campaign is being launched to raise £20 million to pay for a new A&E department at Milton Keynes Hospital. Before 7.30, I'll be speaking to MK South MP Ian Stewart to find out why he's supporting it. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tackling your consumer problems on BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry about that loan now. The whole amount has just been taken off. You don't owe a penny. Gosh, I can't believe this. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. This has been six years of hell. Fighting for your rights. You've done more in two weeks than I've done in six years. I can't thank you enough. You've fought it and you've won it. Well, you won it for me. Thank you so much, Jonathan. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. Call the team now. 08459. 455-555 BBC Three Counties Radio A campaign has been launched to raise £20 million to pay for a new A&E department at Milton Keynes Hospital. The Citizen newspaper and Milton Keynes 2 MPs are behind the idea. They say that with a growing population the unit has outgrown its purpose. We've investigated and found it's one of the newest A&E units in our area. Bedford's was built in the mid-50s and the QE2 in 1963. Well, Ian Stewart is the Conservative MP for Milton Keynes South. Morning, Ian. Good morning. Why have you started this campaign? What's wrong with Milton Keynes A&E? Well, I mean, the, the clinical staff provide an excellent uh, level of care there, but uh, very simply, the, the population locally has grown uh, considerably since it was opened uh, and it, it now needs to be expanded. Have you spoken to the hospital about this? Yes, I mean, Mark Lancaster and I, we, we constantly, you know, uh, are in touch with the hospital. Um, and, you know, I think all the, the sort of players in, in the NHS locally uh, agree that uh, we do need uh, to physically expand uh, the space of the A&E department. But th- there is an argument, Ian, that most hospitals aren't fit for purpose because they were built years ago. Milton Keynes Hospital built in 1984, so it's, it's um, comparatively new compared to some, we've got some from the 1930s, some from the 50s in the area. Yes, I mean, the, the, in terms of what's there, that's not the problem. It's just that there, there are too many people uh, needing to use it at the minute. Uh, physically, it's, its space is constrained. 
Uh, and what we're looking for is, is, is a new building uh, within the, the hospital precinct. Um, the other point to make is that uh, a few years ago, an urgent care centre was opened, uh, which has been a, a, a huge success and has uh, you know, meant a, an even greater number of people coming onto the hospital site. Uh, and the recommendation is that instead of having these two centres, uh, A&E and the urgent care centre, you actually have uh, what's known as a common door, uh, but you know, the, the new building will, will host both of these. Where does the £20 million come from? Well, You're not going to go around with a little tin shaking, are you? <laughs> no, no, the, the, the NHS has it's got two budgets. It's got a, its operational budget for you know, dealing with the, the ongoing uh, you know, uh, costs in, in the system, but also as a capital budget uh, to pay for uh, new buildings, new centres. Uh, and what we're uh, trying to do is put the case uh, with the hospital uh, that Milton Keynes should get a, a share of this capital sum uh, to, to help finance uh, the new building. And how can people help? How, how can our listeners, if they're interested, or readers of The Citizen, help? Well, I think that, that The Citizen next week will carry details uh, of a petition uh, that we would encourage people to sign. Uh, and that will you know, just help make the public case. Uh, you know, all capital budgets are, are finite in size, and if we're able to demonstrate strong local support... Uh, for uh, this new building, I, I think that will help make the case. And Ian, if it, if it doesn't work, w- what happens then? Well, we keep going until, until it does work. Uh, you know, I think you know, the Milton Keynes population is, is set to continue to grow uh, quite rapidly over the coming years. Uh, so this isn't an issue that's going to disappear. Um, so I, you know, I think it's wise to start the campaign now. Um, and we just keep going until we're successful. Ian, thank you very much indeed. Ian Stewart, Conservative MP for Milton Keynes South. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Staying in Milton Keynes for this story about this check that supposedly... Uh, in Milton Keynes Gallery, back in January, we told you about one man's mission to get people interested in art. It was reported the Bucks artist, Thomas Georgeson, hid a blank cheque for £8,000 somewhere in the Milton Keynes Gallery. Person who finds it, they write their own name in it, it's all signed, they go to the bank, wallop. Well, today is the deadline. It must be found, or the artist will remove it from its hiding place. Now, I don't want to cast aspersions... But I think this is complete and utter nonsense. I suspect this chap... and This is just my suspicion. This is not the views of the BBC. I, I suspect this, this, this is all... Um, I don't want to use the word con. A, a hoax, really. A, a, a gentle hoax. What do you think? 08459 455 555. We may get a, a, an announcement at two o'clock from Thomas Georgeson. We may not. He's not going to be dictated to by the media. Well, Stefan Drew is known as the marketing magician, an advertising expert and consultant. Stefan, what does it sound like to you? Do you think this is a, a genuine thing or just a, a clever ploy to get us all to go into the gallery? I think it's extremely clever. It's working, isn't it? It is. He's been on the radio several times. He's been in the newspapers. He's all over the place, in actual fact. If you think about that, for what is actually a very small marketing budget of £8,000, he's got everyone's attention. Well, it may even be free. If the cheque doesn't exist or no one finds it, then he's, they've got six weeks' worth of press for, for nothing. Absolutely. Now, if it's 
if it's not genuine, then what they've generated is a lot of bad press because everyone's going to be showed down. I mean, I'm sure you'll mention if it's bad, won't you? Oh, <laughs> you know? yes. Oh, we're doing a whole month if it's bad. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Even longer, maybe, you know. And, and, and it, the gallery and this artist, they would suffer, would they, if it turns out that it was oh, absolutely. a absolutely. Yes. Yes, they would. It would damage them, them immensely. Um, unless they can put some sort of spin on it. Now, you know, where is it hidden? This, this is an interesting one, isn't it? There's been a lot of fiction in the past based on this. One of the Sherlock Holmes stories, for example, and, and many other um, authors in fiction have put things uh, out there in similar ways. You know, where do you hide something? Well, in full view. Um, oh. I mean, for example, is there a picture there that has a check in it? On a desk? Oh. Who knows? And how many people do they get in there now do they, looking for that picture? Oh, I'm tempted. You got me excited again. Maybe it is in there, Stefan. I'm <laughs> well, going to go well, down there what, this afternoon. Well, I, I tell you what, if you can find it, we'll go half and half on uh-huh. that. I've got a charity. I'd love to give £4,000. So. Yeah, jog, jog on, Stefan. Give it out of your own pocket. I'm keeping it. If I find it, I'm keeping it, and it's going to get spent on cakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, cakes, that's fine. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best marketing stunt that you've, you've come across? Um, well, this is amongst one of the best, in actual fact. But anything you can do that actually doesn't cost very much. Mm. There is always good, because if you can keep your cost, then that's wonderful. But anything that actually attracts a lot of people. Um, for example, there was one recently, oh, what, within the last 12 months in London, where there was a, an advert uh, outside uh, Selfridges, I think it was, which was reactive. The advert was actually recognised that you were male or female as you walked towards it, oh. uh, using technology, and it gave you an advert which applied to your gender. So that, again, got a lot of time um, in the press, a lot of airtime on, on radio around the world. Didn't cost very much. In that case, a few tens of thousands, maybe. But for the airtime they got, mm. the coverage they got, it, it was huge. And that was actually perpetrated by a charity, which I think is a very acceptable way of doing Sometimes, things. Sometimes, though, these, these, these what we think are clever stunts backfire. There was a thing, maybe about a month ago, I, I'm not quite sure it was, but Starbucks had this big screen in a gallery or something where you could tweet a message or send a message to it and it would print the message up on the screen so hundreds of people could see it. Of course, everyone was going, pay tax. Go and pay some tax. Yeah. Uh, That's a case of it backfiring, I'm guessing, is it? Uh, Absolutely. And and you have to think very carefully about these things. And, I mean, I've I've been involved in one or two advertising campaigns over the years and it's very very useful if you can actually test on a few people first, quietly and, and privately, to see what sort of reaction you get. And not just the people that work in the office with you, because they'll all think it's wonderful. Mm. It's all in advertising. Um, but go out and test it on real people and see what reaction you get. And that's something that Starbucks should have done. It's just actually go out and, and try it in a few small places. What's the best one you've ever done, Stefan? Best campaign you've ever done? Oh... Getting on radio with you, I should imagine. <laughs> there you go. You see, you're living, you're living the dream, Stefan. You're living the dream. Listen, we'll end it there. Thank you very much. Stefan Drew, the marketing magician and advertising expert and consultant. What do you think? He makes a good point. If that cheque isn't there, it's a, it's a brilliant campaign, but it will backfire. But if the cheque is there, for a few grand, if it gets found, it, it's done the gallery a lot of good. Toby is from Biggleswade. Toby, what do you think? Is that cheque there? No, it's not there. I think it's an ingenious marketing ploy, but it's a big hoax. I agree completely with you, your previous caller. And interestingly, I'm just searching through at the moment on a non-specific search engine. Yes. Um, I've just come across your name, actually. Oh, um, but What does it say? <laughs> uh, well, we're 12 pages in, and it's still mentioned in the um, £8,000 art gallery. Really? So, yeah, every post for 12 pages, uh, it's all over. So he, he's done a good job really hasn't he but then again if you can if you can afford to put eight thousand pound check in a 
um, an art gallery. You don't need to encourage people to come here, so it doesn't exist. It can't exist. He's, um, he, I mean, he's saying that this is his entire life savings. He lives at home with his mum and dad, and this is his entire life. What he needs to do, if he wants to get public support, is he needs to sort of bring all the cameras, all the press, and all the, the, the punters into the room where it's hidden, and, you know, rem- I suspect he'll say, right, I'm going to go and remove it, but none of you are allowed into the gallery while I do it. And then he has a little fumble in his jacket pocket and pulls it from under a table and goes, ah, oh, there it was. He needs to be yeah. very open and transparent, doesn't he? No, I agree. And, and I also agree with um, your previous caller in that it could backfire big time for him. Um, and I just hope that it that it is genuine. But it's a nice sob story, isn't it? It's a bit X-Factor-ish with the, uh, the whole life-saving thing. It, it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. That's- but then... That's the thing, Toby. You're right. Toby from Biggleswade. Thank you. I, I, I tell you what. It, it, okay, this is it. If that £8,000 is there, congratulations. Well done. Fantastic. Then, sir, you are, a, you are a genius. If it's not there, I am never looking at art ever again. I'm going to boycott art for the rest of my life. No, I'm going to do it. Yes, th- that'll teach Thomas Georgeson a lesson. Yeah, it's backfired now, isn't it, Georgeson? Yeah. If that cheque was a hoax, I am boycotting art for the rest of my life, and I urge all of my listeners to do exactly the same. Huh? Travel news now, Russell Holding. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, severe disruption on the trains this morning, Ian, through Milton Keynes, where there are overhead line problems at Wolverton. Uh, buses replace trains between Milton Keynes and Northampton because trains are unable to run through there. Uh, Virgin trains not running uh, between Milton Keynes and um, Rugby. So to, uh, if you're a Virgin train customer, you need to take the bus to Northampton, use a London Midland train services then uh, from uh, Northampton to uh, Rugby and change there. But either way, severe disruption expected to be on going for a while and I'm told there are only a limited number of buses at the moment able to uh, run that route. They are getting some more in I'm told but you might have a bit of a wait for those so severe disruption to those trains. East Coast also disrupted through Stevenage this morning after a freight train broke down earlier at Collingham. They are running but there are buses running between Lincoln Central and Newark Northgate if you are heading further afield with them. Um, On the roads not too bad. The M25 looks a little bit busy anti-clockwise around Junction 25 the turn for the A10 then from 17 round to 16 Maple Cross to the M40. It's busy on the roundabout just off Junction 21A at Brickett Wood and I can see some delays building up a little bit now on the A5 heading north from Dunstable up towards Hockcliffe and then south for just a short bit towards Mark Yate. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, thank you very much. 7.30. Time for the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headline, Central Bedfordshire Council is refuting residents' claims they haven't been properly consulted over plans to expand or create traveller sites in the area. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hewn. UKIP caused an upset by beating the Conservatives into third place. And MPs are joining forces with the Milton Keynes Citizen newspaper in a bid to buy a new A&E department for the local general hospital. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to the Midlands tonight for their televised championship game against Wolves. Gianfranco Zola's side can consolidate their position in the automatic promotion spots with a victory. Defender Nyron Nosworthy understands that expectation levels have increased but says the side will not underestimate their opponents. People are expecting a good performance. We play this good football and everyone wants to see that but we won't take nothing away from teams who are, who are credibly very, very good but obviously in a bad position and everyone beats everyone in the championship and that makes things a lot harder. 
Luton Town manager John Still picks his first Hatters team for tomorrow's match at Stockport. He watched on Tuesday as his new side lost 2-0 at Braintree. So the rebuilding begins now, although Still says it's likely to be a slow process. Where do you want me to start? There's loads of things, mm. lots of things that, that I like to do. Um, I have a way that I want things to run uh, on and off the pitch. Um, but, you know, it's too many to mention at the moment. I think mm. the focus at the moment is, is just on the team. MK Dons don't expect David Martin or Dean Bowditch to be available for selection for tomorrow's home game against Preston. Manager Carl Robinson's looking for his side's first league win since New Year's Day. Striker Isle McLeod's yet to score for the Dons, but his manager thinks it's just a matter of time. You just keep saying that you believe in them. And as, as time will come, listen, it's an old cliche, but you tend to find the one that you miss hits or the one that hits them when the back goes in, sometimes sets the forwards off and running. There's no logical reason to forwards scoring goals other than the fact that once they get one or two, confidence and freedom comes back into the game. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at eight o'clock. Are you with me? Where? Huh? I, if this if this <laughs> check is a is a hoax, yeah. I am going to boycott art for the rest of my life. Catherine, are you with me? Um, it's a big sacrifice. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. Wow. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's with me? Huh? Thanks for the support, sister. Come on, I'm feeling very militant <clears throat> today. If it's a hoax, we boycott art forever. And I mean all art. Except for films. And music. Now, coming up in the show, seven sites for gypsy and traveller pitches have been recommended for central Bedfordshire. Residents of Barton are furious. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey is going to go and meet them and find out why. We'll speak to him in a few minutes. Also, I'll be meeting the Stevenage teenager who falls asleep for 15 to 18 hours a day. She wakes up in a, can only be described as a zombie-like trance, and then attacks herself and her family. If you want to get in touch with any of these stories, if you want to see where these traveller sites are, uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We've put a, a map on and highlighted uh, the seven sites, so go and have a look at that. Or you can give us a call, 08459 455 Now, uh, it's back onto this uh, Gypsy and Traveller sites, because residents have called Central Bedfordshire's, uh, Bedfordshire Council's decision to recommend some areas as suitable sites for Gypsies and Travellers as flawed. <coughs> Excuse me. Councils yesterday suggested seven locations to use as gypsy sites over the next ten years. More sites will be found for showmen. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been with some residents in Barton Le Clay, where two sites have been approved approved near to the village. Justin joins us now. Justin, what's the mood been like? Well, the mood is not great. It's got to be said. I met some of the residents yesterday at the meeting at Central Beds Council, and you might remember yesterday morning, Ian, they said to me that 200 people from Barton alone will be travelling to that meeting. That shows you the passion. So clearly, they're not happy with that decision from yesterday. I was in Barton at 6.30 this morning, and already there were a number of local angry residents waiting for me. I had a chat with them, and this is what they had to say. Well, I'm here in Barton this morning. Lots of angry people. One of those is Margaret McShay. Margaret, can you tell us why you're so upset this morning after the news yesterday? Well, I can't believe that they're going to allow a camp like that because you've got the A6, which is the most dangerous road. To, to get across to the mill, you're, you're dicing with your life because you've got cars coming down at 70 mile an hour. And then you expect children or people to cross that? I don't think so that's... So you're saying this should have been turned down because it's not safe for the travellers? Yes, that's, we, we don't have an issue mm. with certain... But that road is potential accident waiting to happen. So it's got nothing to do with you saying we simply don't want travellers here in our community, nothing to do with that whatsoever? No, no. 
because some of them, like as we have, we have some already in the village down there. We don't hear anything. It's quite con- nobody bothers. They go about the business, and we do. Okay, Chris Evans is here as well, not the radio DJ, but uh, Chris, you're absolutely furious. How far will you go to fight this? Well, Justin, I think we'll go all the way. We'll keep going until this problem gets solved, until these sites are kicked out. Well, just how angry are you this morning? Because obviously you had time um, to think about it now, but how angry are you this morning? I guess I'm, I'm both disappointed and angry. I'm disappointed that the council haven't followed through on the process correctly. I think there's issues with the process. I think we need to go back over that, and we need to explain to them why we think they were wrong, why they haven't considered Greenbelt properly. Um, and obviously I'm angry that um, an awful lot of people wanted to get into that event, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get in, were, were, were not there, and a lot of people wanted to talk and were, were denied that because there wasn't really enough time or space set aside for it. One final question for you. I'm sure there's people shouting NIMBY at the radio right now. What would you say to those people? Well, you know, ultimately, none of, nobody wants to have um, the, the land they live in spoiled. But um, we've already said there's already a, a, an encampment just up the road and we haven't had any problems from that. Um, so therefore, you know, we wouldn't necessarily be saying we don't want anything. We already have. Okay. So, And here's Claire Mann as well. Claire, lots of voices here, lots of feeling this morning. You were at the meeting yesterday. Briefly, just describe the emotions there yesterday. Well, from, from the moment we tried to get in, it was, I was one of the last ones in and there was like bouncers on the door people starting to build up and then once you come in it was it was just people waiting and people speaking to other groups with the posters and getting the word out and during the meeting it it just seemed like they'd already made their decision it seemed like that they had the the sites already in an envelope and they were going through the motions and speaking to the public letting them have their say um, and then it just seemed to be, well, these are the results mm. and these are the sites that are going through. Well, it's not a done deal yet. There will be a consultation. Mm. They are listening this morning, the powers that be. What is your message to Central Bedfordshire Council? Well, it's, it's the fact that if, you know, that the, we're angry that the way that the plans came out, um, we... We need to have our. We need to know that our voices are going to be heard. That we, you know, there's going to be more plans of action. We're going to get our points across on issues that we have mainly with Greenbelt and other environmental issues. Um, we're not going to be just railroaded. You know, we're going to not keep quiet. And lastly, yes or no, if this does go ahead, mm-hmm. will it kill your village here? I think it was certainly if the if the additional site that that doesn't already exist at the moment is built, it would certainly have an impact on local businesses and the community in general. Well, a lot of uh, uh, passion there, Justin. Mm. Absolutely. You know, the, 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 these people have campaigned for a long time. Uh, there was a meeting in a village recently. 400 people turned up at that. Uh, they feel the process has been unfair. They weren't listened to properly yesterday. And as you've heard there from the locals, they will fight this because there will be a consultation. Yes, this recommendation has gone in, but it's not a done deal yet. And those people will do everything they can to stop these sites from happening in their village. It is nimbyism, though, isn't it? In, in, it, in its purest sense. It's like a lot of the people I'm hearing are saying, listen, we're not against traveller sites. I just, mm. We just don't want them in our village or in yeah. our, near our small town. I think if you said to most people yesterday, there will be traveller sites, but they'll be two miles down the road. How would you feel about that? I think the majority of people would say, yes, uh, put it in somebody else's backyard. We put lots of questions to people yesterday. Uh, we asked a lot of people, were they racist? Everyone said no. It, it's some of these reasons, I think, that, that, that people come up with. It makes me doubt in my mind... Is that the real reason? I'm sure a lot of people listening this morning will say they simply don't want them in their village. That's what people will be saying, I'm sure. But, of course, these people, they will have other ideas and they will continue to fight this despite those announcements yesterday. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Well, let's put it out there. If there was a gypsy or traveller site, would you want it near you? Simple as. Would you, would you want it near you? If you're one of these people who, who, who are affected by this, and if you're not sure, have a look at the map, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Why not? Why not? 
are you uh, uh, afraid of what's going to happen? Are you afraid of th- there's going to be a load of crime and you're going to get dead cats on your doorstep and there's going to be a load of mess everywhere? Th- I- I'm not buying a lot of these arguments. One of the arguments is, oh, there's newts. There's newts in the, that field. And it's because newts, I think, are protected. So once you start bringing out newts, then it makes things a lot, a, a lot more difficult. Is it nimbyism? Surely it is, isn't it? Some people on Facebook have been commenting. Benjamin says, these residents need to grow up. Travellers are very nice people. I've met many over the years and would rather have them as neighbours than one neighbour I have now who's a right pain. Claire responds to that by saying, not all travellers are nice people. They have a reputation for a reason. Why should hard-working people see their houses, uh, house values fall? Here we go. This is a bit of honesty. Why should hard-working people see their houses value fall? Why should they live in fear of burglaries, thefts? Yes, there are some very nice travellers, but the bad outweigh the good. It might be seen as prejudice, but would you really want it right next to your house that you own? Claire, where do you get your statistics from? The, the bad outweigh the good. You're saying that, that over 50% of, of travellers and gypsies are bad. I just wonder where you got those statistics from, because the, the gentleman we were speaking to uh, earlier on, Richard Bennett, says that that's a myth. That, yeah, of course there's crime, but there's crime in all kinds of communities. But the, 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 uh, the story that there is more crime uh, associated with travellers is a myth. So keen to get your facts, where you got your facts from, Claire, and you say that not all travellers are nice people. How many have you met... Oh, 08459 four double five five double five. Fanny says, I think the name Gypsy or Traveller is negative. Would it be any different if a caravan site was called Little Bedrock Caravan Site? It's better to have four walls and let the children be educated so they can be able to lead their lives into fulfilment. Well, th- there are some that would say living in a house and being, in inverted commas, educated doesn't necessarily lead to fulfilment. Au contraire, it can lead to an empty ennui. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Shall we have a quick look at some of the front pages? Yes. Why on earth not? The Times. Doctors and nurses shun their own hospitals. One third would not send their families there. Care is so poor in some hospitals that as many as one in three staff say they would not want their families treated there. In 19 hospitals, less than half of doctors, nurses and other workers would advise relatives to go there for treatment, an NHS staff survey shows. Almost 40% of staff said they would not recommend their hospital or refuse to endorse or condemn it. And then there's a picture of Jessica Ennis, the sportswoman, getting a medal from a queen. Uh, The Telegraph, Jessica Ennis getting another medal. Um, doctors don't trust their own hospitals. Thousands of staff would tell family and friends to stay away. Cameron under pressure as Lib Dems claim victory. This was uh, the uh, Eastleigh by-election. With the Lib Dems won. With the Guardian. The Pope is off in a helicopter. The Pope-copter. Thank you and good night. He entered the palace a Pope. He left it, in his words, a simple pilgrim. Um, Manning, US bloodlust led to secrets leak Soldiers admit he was WikiLeaks source After being appalled by attack on children The Independent, there's more on that story Um, Bradley Manning, I wanted the American public to know That not uh, everyone in Iraq and Afghanistan Was a target that needed to be engaged and neutralised Oh, and um, Ricky Gervais is uh, redoing his David Brent character for comic relief slough's most famous paper salesman will appear on comic relief a return to form or a step backwards well does it really matter he's doing these doing does it really it's for comic relief it'll probably be 
all right. Those things are always all right. They're never brilliant and they're never particularly bad. They're always all right. Uh, the Daily Express. Pension hope for millions. Angry pensioners force rethink on retirement tax. Pensioners were last night poised to force a government U-turn over plans to raid their savings with £1,000 a year granny tax. In a nationwide revolt, 100,000 people have now signed an online petition forcing a new debate on the issue in the Commons. Uh, the Daily Mail. Breast cancer betrayal of older women. Five billion pound loss at RBS, yet they hand out six hundred million pounds bonus. And boy five runs up one thousand seven hundred seven hundred pounds bill on dad's iPad. Cheeky chappy, Danny Kitchen. He's not a cheeky chappy. He'd get locked in his bedroom for a month if that was my boy. What are you doing, letting him play with the iPad on his own? For goodness sakes. Uh, and the sum. Uh, there's a uh, pretty lady is going out with a ginger gentleman. And uh, exclusive, Jones Fling, football boss in affair with netball star. Soccer boss Dave Jones has been enjoying a secret affair with a stunning netball star. Well, I, th- I think stunning is, um, is being very generous. The Sun can reveal. The Sun are very good at exposing these kiss-and-tell stories, aren't they? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. 745. Let's get the travel news now with Russell Holden. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there's still severe disruption to trains going through Milton Keynes this morning because of overhead line problems at Wolverton, London, Midland not running between Milton Keynes and Northampton, Virgin not running between Milton Keynes and Rugby. Instead, you need to get the bus uh, from Milton Keynes to Northampton. There's a limited service. I think they've got a few more buses in now to what they had earlier on, but it's still a limited service. So you may have a short wait uh, to get on. Then from Northampton, you'll be able to get a train connection uh, for further north from there but that's uh, still ongoing and uh, there's also some disruption to some of the uh, east coast services that run through Stevenage as well some delays there looking at the roads the M1 uh, is uh, doing okay actually this morning the M25 looks a little bit busy anti-clockwise junctions 26 to 25 from Waltham Abbey to the A10 then 17 to 15 from Maple Cross to the M4 taking nearly half an hour now Ian to do that stretch and I can see a bit of a queue coming out of Hitchin towards Stevenage uh, that looking very slow at the moment according to my speed sensors on the A602 and it also looks busy on the A405 just off junction 21A of the M25 at Brickett Wood. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. Morning at 7.46, it's Friday the 1st of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Central Bedfordshire Council is refuting residents' claims they haven't been properly consulted over plans to expand or create traveller sites in the area. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hune. UKIP caused an upset by beating the Conservatives into third place. In sport, England's cricketers closed the third day of their tour match on 256 for nine in their second innings. It's a lead of over 333 over a New Zealand 11 who reached... I've got no idea what that means. It's just numbers. And also that sentence repeats itself a little bit. Coming up before 8 o'clock, I'll be meeting the Stevenage teenager who falls asleep for 15 to 18 hours a day. She wakes up in what can only be described as a zombie-like trance, then attacks herself and her family. But before that, let's get the latest weather. Here's Elizabeth Rosini. 
Beds, Hearts and Bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, we've got some outbreaks to drizzle through this morning. It's a bit of a misty, murky start to the day and it's going to be cloudy for the rest of the day too. Uh, temperatures at the moment, it's actually feeling milder than, uh, than it has done recently through the mornings. Those temperatures, though, only rising today to 5 or 6 degrees Celsius later on for Great Missenden, Milton Keynes, um, Hitchin and, um, and uh, Welling Garden City as well. So just highs of 6 degrees Celsius, 43 in Fahrenheit, not as good as we saw yesterday. And that's mostly because we won't see any brightness or sunshine, unfortunately, today. Just really very cloudy, grey and dull. As we look through into this evening and overnight, staying mostly dry, we'll see temperatures dipping to 2 or 3 degrees Celsius, I dare say. Lots of cloud around, the northeasterly wind dropping out as well. And it will remain light for the rest of the weekend, but it's going to be grey. It's going to be dull, I'm afraid. Lots of cloud around Saturday and Sunday. The temperature's picking up somewhat as we head into Sunday afternoon. We'll see a little bit more in the way of brightness, but... uh, not a great weekend, I have to say. At least it will stay dry by the time we get to Monday, though. Some more spring-like weather in the air. We're going to see a nice southeasterly breeze that's going to bring up some dry air from the continent. And we'll see some lovely spells of sunshine around as well. So something to look forward to. In the meantime, rather great and murky. That's the forecast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Nick Coffer across beds, hearts and bugs. This afternoon, my tour of the three counties continues as I visit the Bullin at Redbourne. Nick Coffer. I'll be having a go at Lawn Bowls. There'll be music from an all-female folk band and I'll be sampling some of the delights from Redbourne Berry Mill. Nick Coffer. Come along and join us at the Bullin Redbourne today from midday. Nick Coffer. Monday to Saturday from 12. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, imagine this. You fall asleep 15 to 18 hours a day, then you wake up in what can only be described as a zombie-like state and start hitting your family, then harming yourself. Well, those episodes can go on for 44 days at a time. And that's exactly what happens to Lois Wood from Stevenage. It's thought she's one of 65 sufferers of the rare neurological condition Klein-Levin syndrome, but it's having a detrimental effect on the 14-year-old student. Well, Lois and her mum set her in the studio now. Good morning. Good morning. So, describe what happens, Lois. Uh, Well, basically, I'll like get headaches and get incredibly tired yeah and then i'll fall asleep and then about two weeks later 44 days later i'll be awake different clothing completely different area just random different place and for I won't 44 days and i won't remember anything right there are some people that might say yeah you're 14 years old that's what teenagers do why why is this <laughs> you're not asleep for the whole 44 days are no, you no it's like a zombie like say like talking to a brick wall really uh, a brick wall really yeah but then it can also be five-year-old so it won't be me like being able to converse normally you will have a five-year-old sat with you but the size of a 14 year old right <laughs> so these the, the, these 44 days when you're, you're kind of out of it so you you you, you be asleep maybe i should ask your mum because you don't know <laughs> you don't know what happens for you, the, the month has gone so Seta, she's she, she'll be asleep for what 15 hours a day yeah but then when she wakes up she's not really there no um she is completely vacant. She has no cognitive ability during that time whatsoever. Yeah. She's just a blank wall. And she just sort of appears when she needs the toilet. Mm. She'll wake up. She'll come downstairs wrapped in her duvet. She'll position herself on the sofa wrapped in her duvet and stare at the TV. When did you first spot this? When did you realise that something was odd? 
Well, when she turned 14, little things started happening. She started sleeping longer, and I thought, yeah. oh, she's really hit teenage ship, you know. Yeah. And I didn't really think anything of it. I struggled to wake her up. Um, she would blank me, which, I mean, I've already had teenagers. And yeah. like, that is common behaviour, but it was an immediate change. Lois went from being one happy-go-lucky child to being a sullen Kevin and Perry teenager mm. which was really quite bad it's bizarre overnight and then beginning of June um, we'd had the dinner and she went into the lounge as you do after dinner and fell asleep and woke up about three four hours later not remembering anything about going to sleep her brother had been jumping on her back mm. I put it down to being tired yeah um, then I just, I just couldn't wake her. She, she would, she was in bed, and it was like trying to wake up a log. It, I just Had you like been described as a log by your mum? I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> but you, and also you lash out as well. You get a bit aggressive. I've woken up and I've asked my little brother, been like, "Look, where'd you get that bruise from?" And he'll be like, "No, so you did it to me." I'm like, "No, you're lying." No, you did it to me. It'll be the size of an orange wow. on his leg or his arm or something. But did I really do that? Yeah, yeah. But I have no recollection of it, and I'll, like, I'll wake up with bruises on me as well. So you're doing it to yourself bad. as well? Yeah, but then it could also be my little brother, because we play fight normally when I'm right. awake, but five-year-olds, you see little kids play fighting. Yeah. But it's sort of like scrapping and banter. But that, That's what they do, and she doesn't understand that she's a lot bigger than yeah. he is. And because she, she has got a five-year-old mentality, she um, has no impulse control. She has no control or social graces that... that you know, would associate with a normal 14 year old mm. and she just lashes out she wants it now are you scared that she, that she could seriously hurt herself yeah. or her brother yeah sometimes yeah yeah i mean the main priority when looking after her is to keep her safe and to make sure everybody else is safe and then we're all right mm. um but sometimes yeah i mean I, I have had a couple of occasions where i have struggled to restrain her um but i think most of the things they're, they're, for a five-year-old, you'd say they were perfectly normal behaviour. Mm. But for a 14-year-old, they're not. Look, she have been to the doctor, I'm assuming. Yes. What did the doctor say? Well, the doctors... A lot of the doctors haven't come across it. Right. So we'll say, well, I sleep and I act like this, and they're like, oh, this is weird, this is different. <laughs> That's say, what you want from a doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, I've never come across this before. I don't know what it is. And then, like we said, well, it could... Well, we've heard of, like, Klein-Levin syndrome, and they'll be like, no, it can't be that. It's too rare. No one gets something that rare. And mm. No one doesn't get it. People do have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's good what argument. Means. Yeah, no one, no one doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, has it been officially diagnosed as Klein-Levin? No. You've done a little bit of but, Google. Yeah, but by, like, exclusion and stuff, it's not narcolepsy, it's not schizophrenia. It, well, you could, like, we've been said, well, you need to go check if it's bipolar. Yeah. I don't think I'm bipolar. Yeah. And we've spoken to parents with children that have been diagnosed, and they've said, well, it sounds exactly like my child. It's, like, exactly the same. You need to get it diagnosed. And then is there anything... If it, if it is diagnosed that officially, is there anything they can do? Not really. <laughs> it's one of those things you grow out of. Right. Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> Does it? How has this affected you personally? Well, Lois? it's uh, affected my basketball career. Like, right. I can't continue basketball anymore. Right. Which I was planning on going to the Olympics and NBA and everything. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. But it's also affected my career and my social life. Like, my school uh, education has gone down the drain. I have, like, I've, I'm basically failing my GCSEs now. 
and like my social life I hardly ever get to see my friends mm. like my best friend Lisa is constantly messaging me going come on come on like, how are you and everything it's like before I came in here she was like Lois when are you on come on you, you, like I'm listening to traffic where are you <laughs> are you sure you're not just having a laugh <laughs> are you sure this is just so you, you, you can get out of doing your schoolwork and, and doing the dishes and stuff like that no like, it, like I wouldn't wish it upon anyone yeah. sort of thing like it, as soon like you talk to me like this and you think no, there's nothing wrong with her she's faking it but like my friends have said like because I've gone out in school mm. they've said you're a completely different person like you're not you mm. and they, they said it's like someone else has entered your body and you've just left and got no control over when it when was the last time you had an episode last when uh, I came out last Wednesday and how, how long had you kind of lost 18 days that's I just, I, that, that's incredible <laughs> I mean, have you tried anything like hypnotism or anything like that to see if it's stored in there? <laughs> no. You should give it a go. <laughs> Don't take medical advice from me. What do I know? <laughs> Sato, you've, you've, you've given up work, have you, to help? I've had to give up work because when she's in an episode, she needs 24-hour care. Right. I mean, as we say, you know, she's run off. She does all sorts of bizarre and wonderful things. Um, I pray for the days when she's asleep, mm. you know. Um, but no, I can't. I can't work now. No employer is going to give me... Sort of, you know, a week off every other week yeah. um, in order to stay at home 24 hours for her. So how tough has it been for you as a mum? Um, physically, it's absolutely exhausting. Um, emotionally, it's soul-destroying. Mm. Um, you know, the, this is a child who had so much potential. She's was been on the Gifted and Talented Register since she was in primary school, academically, in sport. She had everything going for her. And then she's suddenly been struck down with this. Mm. And she can't follow the dreams that she had. She's having to rethink everything. And getting her GCSEs is very difficult. It's weird, isn't it? Because it's sleep, we're all going, oh, yeah, sleep is a little bit funny. Yeah. But obviously it's not. It's really, really serious. Yeah. Uh, you say that you can grow out of it. Do we know kind of what age that, that could be? Is it going to be 16? Is it 21? Have we got any kind of indications? They, I mean, the only thing we can go by is what has happened with other children. Mm. And it would appear that 10 to 15 years, it burns out for most people. Wow. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> How do you feel about it, Lois? Seriously, we are having a, a, a little bit of a laugh, but is, is it depressing? It is kind of depressing, yeah. but then my view on it is if you can't laugh about it, what's the point? Yeah. So I, I'd rather make a joke out of it than sit there and like, oh no... Like Does it worry you then? Because you, you say yeah. your friendships are, are struggling, your, yeah, your, your like, career opportunities are kind of closing. Yeah, it does worry me because like everyone else can go to sleep at night and go, I'm just going to go to sleep, I wake up in the morning at this. I go to sleep at night not knowing if I'm going to wake up tomorrow in mm. like, a week's time sort of thing. <clears throat> and it is worrying because like, I've, I've lost friends from this everything like that. I've lost boyfriends and I've lost like relationships with family because of it yeah I'll be honest you're 14 you're too young to have a boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> well, you're too young to have a boyfriend well, no. listen Lois Setter thank you so much for coming in keep us informed and let us know yeah. if, you know, if any de yeah. anything develops with that because uh, it's fascinating and uh, I wish you the best of luck with it thank you so much <laughs> oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. right let's get the travel news now here's Russell Holding Beds, 
Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the lead story still the trains this morning because of uh, overhead line problems at Wolverton near Milton Keynes. Trains unable to run between Northampton and Milton Keynes each way. Uh, London Midland not running that. They've got buses replacing the trains instead. Virgin not running from Milton Keynes to Rugby. Uh, you're using the bus to Northampton and then changing to use London Midland from there uh, to Rugby. But that ongoing, we reckon, for quite some time. M25 is looking slow anti-clockwise. Junctions 26 to 25 from Waltham Abbey to the A10. Uh, then taking about 10 minutes from Junction 17 to 16. That's Maple Cross to the M40. And there's a queue just off Junction 21A on the A405 at Brickett Wood. A1 starting to look slow now, heading south towards the Black Cat roundabout. There's a queue heading out of Hitchin on the A602 towards Stevenage. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, thank you very much indeed. Coming up in the last hour of the show, we'll be talking more about the proposed gypsy and traveller sites. Go and have a look at the map facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr maybe i'll speak to you after the news and sport with Catherine. getting beds hearts and bugs talking this is bbc three counties radio Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. The headlines, residents angered by traveller site shortlist, MPs call for police review and MK Gallery treasure hunt ends today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents opposing plans for seven new traveller sites in central Bedfordshire can still have their say according to the council. Councillor Nigel Young's in charge of strategic development. He says they'll have the opportunity to voice their concerns at a full council meeting and another public consultation before the government makes the final decision. Everything that uh, public say will be sent to the Secretary of State. He will uh, appoint an inspector. So I expect in late 2013, the inspector will call a hearing in Chicksands. Members of the public can come and talk to him. And he, uh, the Secretary of State, in fact, makes the final decision, which will probably be in early 2014. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hune. The Lib Dems held on to the seat with a majority of nearly 1,800, but there was a stunning setback for the Conservatives who were pushed into third place by UKIP. The Conservative Party chairman and MP for Well in Hatfield, Grant Shapps, was upbeat despite the result. Governing parties don't take seats. That's not actually terribly surprising. Actually, we've come quite close to say, really, I think... What we need to do is redouble our efforts so that by the next general election, we have a story to tell which is all about the global race for Britain and how the Conservative Party is leading the charge to put us in the right place on the issues that really matter. MPs are joining forces with the MK Citizen newspaper in a bid to buy a new A&E department for Milton Keynes General. Mark Lancaster and Ian Stewart are aiming to raise £20 million for the project to enable the hospital to keep up with rising demand. Treasure hunters have until the end of the day to find a cheque for £8,000 apparently hidden somewhere in Milton Keynes Gallery. Here's Ewan Duncan with a quick reminder. Artist Thomas Georgeson was reported to have hidden a blank cheque for £8,000 somewhere in Milton Keynes Gallery last month. Visitors were given until the beginning of March to find it, with the aim to attract more people through the doors. There was a lot of jostling to be first in the queue, but was it just a great publicity stunt? All may be revealed later today. The online voucher company Groupon has sacked its chief executive and founder, Andrew Mason. The move came after the American company announced another quarterly loss, causing its share prices to fall sharply. In a message to employees, Mr Mason said, after four and a half intense and wonderful years as CEO of Groupon, I've decided that I'd like to spend more time with my family. Just kidding, I was fired today. In Sport England's cricketers closed the third day of their tour match on 256 for nine in their second innings, a lead of 333 over a New Zealand 11, who reached 
256 for nine declared in their first innings. But England still have concerns about the form of some of their top-order batsmen ahead of next week's first test match at Dunedin. The weather missed and drizzled to start, but dry and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees Celsius. That's 43 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. My weekend starts in 57 minutes. How exciting. Looking forward to this weekend. I've got nothing planned, which is very, very rare for me. I shall no doubt be playing with the children and eating. That sounds pretty much the perfect weekend for me. But there's another hour of this nonsense to chug through before JVS at nine o'clock. Things we're talking about in the next 57 minutes include seven sites for gypsy and traveller pitches have been recommended for central Bedfordshire. Have a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. There is a map with the locations of those sites. What do you think about those locations? Are you... uh, Furious about it, or are you breathing a sigh of relief? Actually, they're a few miles away from where you live. As you heard in the news, a cheque for £8,000 was apparently hidden in a Milton, sorry, in Milton Keynes Gallery back in January. You've got until today to find it. Well, we've been trying to track down the artist who put it there. I'll tell you how we got on in about half an hour, half an hour's time. Do you think the, the cheque is real or a hoax? And every Friday, we like to end the show with some music. Today, it's the turn of the Scar Masters. It's dramatic, wasn't it? I shouldn't surprise myself there. Uh, lots of ways to get in touch. I've given you the Facebook page already. You can send me a text if you want. 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or, and this is the best way, look, let's have a chat. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in some areas of Bedfordshire are furious this morning at what they say is a rushed decision by the council over gypsy and traveller sites. A backbench committee at Central Beds Council has recommended 66 pitches at seven locations in the county, less than it had hoped to push through, but residents are angry and say their views have been ignored. There have also uh, been 22 pitches for showmen, who are often the people behind the travelling fairgrounds. Well, Craig Smith is a showman. He lives on a site which is currently deemed illegal, but has been trying to get permission for years. Morning, Craig. Oh, uh, Craig, sorry, I've got the wrong fader. You're there. Good morning, Craig. Yes, good morning. Craig, I, I'm surpri- I was surprised to hear there is a difference in classification between gypsy and travellers yeah. and showmen. W- w- what is the difference? Uh, well, I could take an age to explain the differences to anyone that would be willing to hear, you know? Well, give us, give us the subbed-down version. Well, I can speak from personal perspective. Um, I'm what's known as um, an English Romany gypsy. Right. And I'm also a travelling showman. And for the past five years, I've lived on what is deemed to be an unauthorised travelling showman site that I own as part of the Settle community. Right. You, but you, you, you own it? Yes, I own it, yeah. So you own the land, mm-hmm. but you don't have permission to, to have um, caravans or wh- whatever it is there? No, that's correct. What are you hoping to get from the council? What do you want from them? Um, we just want to be left alone to carry on uh, running, running our own businesses from our own property. We don't bother anyone. No one bothers us. We just want to be left alone, that's all. You understand, though, that, that there are rules about what can and can't be built on certain sites. That's correct. Uh, and you don't respect those rules? Yes, we do, but, but there just aren't any available. 
There aren't any sites? No, there aren't. Do you think it's fair... I mean, I wouldn't be allowed, for example, to, to, to build in my back garden without permission. Do you, do you think it's fair that, that you are flouting these rules? I think it's fair for what we're doing with our own property. We're not building anything as such. We're just using it for our own, um, for our own livelihood and our own business purposes. Do you think that people from, from your way of life get a bad name? Possibly, but you can't tell everyone with the same brush. We're, we're all individuals and we're all sort of um, our own people, you know? What, why do you think that, that members of the travelling community do get a bad name? Uh, possibly it's uh, a case of um, slight ignorance, um, for, possibly from people within the settled community. They, they just don't know us. But with it, you know, with saying that, it's possibly slight ignorance on our behalf as well, because perhaps we're not meeting people within the settled communities and speaking to them and, and showing them who we are and what we do, you know? So there's kind of a, a bit of segregation on, on, on both counts. The, 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 the problem, the, the comments that we're hearing are there's going to be, if there are travelling communities, there's going to be an increase in crime and they're going to cause a mess. Is, is that true? I don't know if it's true. I, I would say it's possible. There are, there are good and bad from all walks of life, you know? Is your site a mess? No, it's absolutely immaculate. I won't, I won't live in a mess. Yeah. And do the people that live on your site, do they cause crime? Not at all. They're all part of my family. They're all family members. Um, I, um, I actually manage and maintain the site, and, and I strategically um, only allow stuff to come in and out during the, the hours of darkness or very early in the morning so that we don't bother anyone and draw attention to ourselves. Well, hang on, wouldn't, wouldn't during the hours of darkness, like, that's night time, that, mm -hmm. that, would, that would annoy people, wouldn't it, because of the noise? Well, we live out in the country, our, our site's out in the country, right. my nearest neighbour is about a quarter of a mile away. Right. And have you spoken to any of your neighbours, Craig? Yes, I get on really well with all of the neighbours, and in fact, for four years, they didn't realise that we were a travelling showman. Right. And uh, do, do you, are you an act, Craig? Do you have a turn? Uh, no, what we do is we operate sort of big fairground rides right. and simulation experiences. Ooh. What's, what's a simulation experience? It's, uh, it's about a 60-foot-long articulated trailer that is driven around and set up and, and people go inside it and, and a film plays and the, and the thing starts to move around and it makes them feel that they're actually oh, flying a jet aircraft or, or oh, no. driving a Formula One car. Oh, no, thank like you. That. No, 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 thank you, Craig. I, those things like that make me feel a little bit nauseous. Mm -hmm. Listen, Craig, I really appreciate your time and, and, and coming on and, and putting your side across. Well, you're more than welcome, any time. Thank you, Craig Smith, who is a showman. Well, he sounds like a decent bloke. His site's nice and clean. Doesn't any uh, naughty business go on there? Where's the problem? He's considerate about the community. 08459 455 555. Why would you w not want someone like Craig living near you? Or oh, Chris is in Barton Le Craig. Morning, uh, uh, M uh, Barton Le Craig. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. What, what do you think about these proposed sites? Um, well, I was at the meeting yesterday and um, we're, we're looking at the sites and we're, we're not sort of objecting to uh, the needs of travellers. The whole um, point of yesterday's exercise was to select sites that are suitable and our argument is that the sites that have um, been proposed for Barton the Clay just aren't suitable. They don't, they don't meet, the, meet the needs of the travellers or, or sort of consider the uh, settled community. When you say they're not suitable, do you mean... They're too close to you? No, no, no definitely not. I mean, um, we, we've all sent our objection letters to the, uh, to the council and um, all those points that we've raised 
are all in conjunction with the, the council's own criteria that they set out. So as, uh, which what, points, what which points in particular, do, do mean that you think it's not suitable? Uh, well, for, I mean, first off, the uh, the site is slap bang in the middle of the um, the green belt. Um, the site's overlooked by Charlotte Clappers, which is uh, considered an area of natural outstanding beauty. The site is adjacent to a site um, where Barton Watermill is, which is a Grade Two listed watermill. Right, but they're not going to they're not going to go and damage the watermill, though, are they? No, no. But what they're also um, the council's also meant to consider is the uh, the integration of the site in terms of its appearance with the local yeah. character and the, the surrounding area. So where would you suggest, Chris, you live in Barton Clay and there are, there are two sites kind of supposed to be near there. I can see them on the map now. Where would you suggest those sites are? Um, well, I, I can't really comment because I've not done the exercise that the council will make. Well, you, you, are, are you, would you say anywhere apart from Barton Clay? Absolutely not. Um, what, what we're looking at is we're looking at the key, the key points. So the where council. in Barton could they go? Um, well, I, I don't think there is anywhere in Barton. Exactly. Well, that's what I just said. That's what I just asked you. You're saying that they can go anywhere apart from Barton, where you live. The whole of the whole of Barton is in the Green Belt, and that's our, our main issue. Chris, you're a NIMBY, aren't you? You're literally, and I'm not judging you for this. I don't know how I'd feel if, if this was proposed near me, but it, it's literal NIMBYism, isn't it? No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, uh, well, it is. You're, you're, you're actually saying, listen, we, we, I've got no problem with, with, with Gypsy and Traveller sites. So not a problem at all. Just not in Barton Le Clay where I live. No, absolutely not. We're, we, we live in Barton Le Clay. Barton Le Clay is in the green belt. Right. People like the countryside around. They appreciate the wildlife. And these are all the aspects. But, you're, no, Chris, you're, you, are, you are saying, you're literally saying, not in my backyard. You're going, listen, it's fine. We're not we've got a problem with gypsy sites. Just not in Barton Le Clay. No, absolutely not here. But that is what I, you're I, saying. I, I, the, the green belt is not my backyard. The green belt is there for everybody to appreciate. But but you are um, lit. You, but Chris, you are saying, and I'm not having a go. I just it, it, it seems obvious to me as an outsider. This is what you are saying. That the, the traveller sites they are fine. Of course they can be fine. Just not where I live. That is what you're saying, isn't it? No, it's not what I'm. So saying. where can they go in Barton then? But they can't go in Barton. So that's what, Chris, that's what you're saying. You're saying they can go anywhere, just not in Barton. Oh, I'm saying they can't go in Barton. Exactly. Barton is in the Green Belt. So, okay, so what you're saying is they can go anywhere, just not in Barton. No, I'm not, Ian. I'm saying that they, they need to... Ian. <laughs> I'm saying that, Chris. No, Ian, if you listen... To what I'm, I'm listening. Saying, you go ahead, I'm, I'm listening. Saying, yes. Okay, I'm saying that anywhere, any village, Barton or anywhere else, if it's in the Green Belt... The, the, um, the planning policy is that traveller sites in Greenbelt are seen to be, or deemed to be, inappropriate. Right. Now, if the council chooses to, to ignore that policy, then I'm saying on those grounds, then no, they, they shouldn't be anywhere in Bath. Chris, do you, ha- do you have a problem with, with traveller sites per se? No, I don't, because... We've do, can, can, can they go anywhere in Barton? No, they can't. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Chris, I think you got your point across. I hope you feel you did. Maybe I was misunderstanding you, Chris, but I'm sure the listener uh, perhaps got the point a little better than I did. It's Friday. It's been a long couple of weeks, and maybe I'm not quite up to speed. So I'm apologising, Chris, if, if I was missing a fundament, fundamental point in your argument. But, but to me, it did sound like you were saying uh, they can go anywhere they want, but not in Barton. That is what you said, I think. And if, I'm, if I've got you wrong... You have my sincerest apologies. Well, after nine o'clock, JVS is asking, do you think people who don't like travellers are racist?
you can start calling him now. 08459 455 555. You can email JVS as well if you want. JVSshow at bbc.co.uk. Put, put a, a little line, put your phone number in uh, and uh, your comment and uh, you might get a call back for later on in the show. 8.15 or thereabouts. Here's the Travel News Now with Russell. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there are severe delays to train services through Milton Keynes this morning because of overhead line problems at Wolverton. No trains are running between Milton Keynes and Northampton. Virgin trains not running between Milton Keynes and Rugby. There is a replacement bus service uh, from Milton Keynes to Northampton to connect with the trains from there, but it is a limited service, so you might have a wait uh, for that, but it's causing severe disruption. Uh, there's also disruption on the Jubilee line on the underground severe delays because of a signal failure at waterloo the m1 thankfully looks pretty good at the moment the m25 though very busy anti-clockwise junctions 26 to 25 from waltham abbey round to the a10 and taking roughly 10 minutes to get from junction 16 round to 15 the m40 to the m4 a1 looks slow south towards the black cat roundabout there are also delays from there down towards the sandy roundabout as well uh, plus it looks very busy out of hitching towards stevenage on the a602 though that's east a little bit it doesn't look as bad as it did uh, earlier on the m1 as i say looking pretty good, although it does look a bit slow down the A5 towards uh, the A505 at Luton and Dunstable, uh, now at Dunstable, and then down towards Luton from there. Um, other local routes, thankfully, don't seem to be too bad, building up in the usual way, but nothing else particularly out of the ordinary. The CCTV people in High Wycombe say Marlow Hill uh, looks very busy, and there's a queue on the A405 uh, towards the uh, junction, uh, junction 21A of the M25 at the Bricketwood Roundabout. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Morning, it's 8.16, it's uh, Friday the 1st of March. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines uh, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents opposing plans for the expansion or creation of seven new traveller sites in central Bedfordshire can still have their say, according to the council. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hune. In sport, goal line technology will be used in the Premier League from next season after the technology was successfully trialled by FIFA at the 2012 Club World Cup. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Mist and drizzle to start, drier and brighter later with a top temperature of 6 degrees. And coming up, seven sites for gypsy and traveller pitches have been recommended for central Bedfordshire. Have a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We've got a map up there with the locations. What do you think about the locations that have been chosen. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni with the best local news stories. There's a sporting story emerging. Paul Buckle has left Luton Town Football Club by mutual consent. The owners of the Centre MK have withdrawn a part of an application regarding the Primark development. Local talking points. The Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner, Mr David Lloyd, has a plan to get sponsorship for police cars. The best local travel. There's been another day of disruption on the Thameslink line today. We were like evacuating something train and we had to go back to Ratchet and now we're waiting for the bus. Roberto Peroni, every weekday from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith, he's the ferret. 
I oh. love the way you... F- Sorry? <laughs> I thought that was going to be nice, and you ruined it. No, it's not ruined. That's ferret talk. It's, it's memorable. I don't want ferret to stick. Stop talking about me being a ferret. It's not me, it's the listeners. I'm just reporting the word on the street. I loved your... Inter- was it yesterday, the guy with the cuckoo clock? Yes. I loved that because I, I saw, I saw him in reception I saw the picture <laughs> on Facebook and then wasn't he I, I thought this is going to be rubbish but wasn't he a one <laughs> no, I did I did if I'm honest but wasn't he a, wasn't he a wonderful gentleman he was he, he, was, was, he was funny as well he didn't mind me because he's cuckoo as uh, for anyone who didn't hear the show it yesterday brilliant. he was having central heating done and he described the plumber as uh, vigorously banging in the room next door and it made his cuckoo clock fall off the wall and he brought his broken in, broken down cuckoo clock in and the cuckoo popped out <laughs> his cuckoo was stuck out the flap uh, like we said this is very nice where did you get this from oh it's, it's from Argos <laughs> oh, it's an Argos special. <laughs> it's lovely cuckoo it, clock it, <laughs> it made me think they are a dying breed my nan used to have a cuckoo clock and as did a kid you? I loved it I absolutely loved it but I was surprised that nowadays they've got volume controls oh yes all the, your mod cons the, 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 the poor chap that phoned up and played his cuckoo <laughs> and it was like a weird recording of a cuckoo <laughs> and a weird echo on it it was all <laughs> cuckoo cuckoo <laughs> <laughs> It was it the was, most ineffectual was. cuckoo I'd ever heard. It was. it was. And then the man at the end of the show, whose cuckoo just wouldn't stop. Oh, I missed that. We, we, we ended the show with the cuckoo. <laughs> just cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. It went on and on and on. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, dear. Oh, by the way. Funny. What? Come here. What's happening? Pinch, punch, first of the month. Oh, no thanks very much. You're welcome. No returns. You got right. panicked then when I approached you. You don't like being touched, what do you? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> He's finally lost it. He's going to attack me. He's going to kill me live on air. I would not do it live on air. It'd be good for ratings, though, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be excellent? But no, I would like to keep that as a private moment between us. What, when you kill me? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm, thanks. I'm something just, to look forward to. I'm going to keep that, and uh, that's private between us for when things turn really sour. Listen, uh, you're following on the discussion for us today, which is, which yeah. is it, it's been very heated. I heard your show yesterday relating to this, and obviously we've had um, Paul talking about the council meeting yesterday. It's, uh, so it's many people people are fired up absolutely so of course as people want to talk about it we'll talk about it from nine this morning and i was particularly interested to hear your discussion earlier with the advisor to local government association on gypsies and travelers uh, richard bennett who was saying to you that it appears attitudes against these communities seem to be the last acceptable form of racism in the uk well from nine this morning the question i'm asking is do you think people who don't like travelers are racist is that the reality? If you don't like travellers, frankly, you're just a racist. Or do you think there are still very good reasons for having uh, concerns about travellers setting up their home near you? Mm. From nine this morning, I want your view. Do you think people who don't like travellers are racist? Yes or no? You know the usual telephone number, 08459 at nine. I'd like to hear from you. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Honestly, yesterday, go uh, to the iPlayer. The last hour of Jonathan's show was the, the, the cuckoos was wonderful. I'm going to go back and listen to the, the cuckoo that wouldn't stop as well. Superb stuff. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There are no trains running between Northampton and London affecting Milton Keynes. That's happening right now. It's because of overhead line problems south of Northampton. There are replacement bus services in operation. Nicola Moss is from London Midland. Is on the line now. Morning, Nicola. 
Good morning. What's happening? Okay, well, as you've just said, we've got some overhead wire problems um, south of Northampton, which means at the moment there's no trains between Northampton and Milton Keynes. Um, The big message at the moment is we are doing everything we can to look after our customers and help them make their journeys. Um, The latest update is that we are just in the process of putting in uh, a half-hourly service between Euston and Milton Keynes. Uh, And replacement buses? We've got buses running between Northampton and Milton Keynes. And for people at the north end of, of your coverage area we've got buses between northampton and wellingborough to get people over to east midlands train services we're hearing a lot at the moment on all various different train lines about overhead line problems what's going on nicola i don't know um obviously we do, we operate the trains and they need their electricity from the overhead wires and sometimes things go wrong at the moment, we don't know exactly what's happened. We're focused on keeping people moving. Network Rail are working really hard to get those wires fixed. Um, and then we can get trains running again. Do we know how long this is going to take? We don't. Um, we hope to have increasing number of trains moving throughout well, the day. I'm sure you do, but do, you, do we have, any, do we have any time scale for that at all? We're waiting for an update from Network Rail. As soon as we've got more information, we'll be pushing it out through our Twitter service, through our website, and through National Rail Inquiries. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. That's Nicola Moss uh, from London Midland coming on and um, not really telling us very much, but I suppose in these early stages it's hard to know exactly what's going on. We shall be keeping you updated throughout the day with uh, developments there. Call 08459 455 555 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio If you want to see the um, seven proposed pitches uh, that were discussed in the council meeting yesterday for gypsy and traveller sites, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Go and have a little look. Um, Well, people have been putting their comments. I'll read some of those in a little bit. Uh, And give me a call, 08459 455 555. Uh, Darren is from Dunstable. Morning, Darren. Hi, Ian. what's, What's your take on all of this? Uh, I was just uh, I was driving to work actually, not far from Barton myself, and I was just listening to the last guy that you were talking to, and um, I just found it. <laughs> to me, I found it very patronising towards the guy, and I thought he was a bit, um, you know, he was laughing at him and calling him racist. I mean, I don't, Darren, I Darren, be, I'll stop you there. Uh, you obviously hello? weren't listening. I didn't use the word racist once. So you asked me if he was racist. Yeah, I didn't say he was racist. I didn't, oh, I didn't call did him... Got, yeah. Darren, be very, in- be very careful when you're making accusations. I didn't call him racist. OK, was you insinuating that he was racist? I asked him if he was racist. I didn't call him okay. racist. But, I mean, asking, so, saying to him, are you racist, and then laughing at him when he says no... Darren, were you, sorry, were you listening, I don't know if you were listening to this, this this station or another station, because I didn't laugh at him when he said no. I asked him if he was racist, I didn't call him a racist, but asking a question, Darren, does not insinuate something. I was laughing at him because he was contradicting himself. Okay, well, I'm just a listener. I mean, um, and he wasn't well, contradicting. Not, not very good he, one. He wasn't, he wasn't contradicting himself at all, because he just, you, you said to him, so they can go anywhere but Barton. And yeah. he said, no, they can't go anywhere but Barton. And you said, well, that's what you're saying. You said them words. He never said them words. Yeah, you he was saying, he was saying, Darren, listen, he, he, he was contradicting himself. I suggest you go and look that word up. He was saying, <laughs> he was saying that he didn't have a problem with traveller sites, just yeah. not in Barton. Okay. So that's, that's nimbyism, right. and, and I was okay. just clarifying that. Well, did what, you what do you think, Darren? Did what, what do you think, Darren? Would you like them near you? 
Look, I wouldn't like them near me. Why? Would you want to live in a zoo with animals? Would, uh, no, I would. I would not want to live in a zoo with animals. I would not want to live in a zoo with animals. So why would you want to live near travellers? Or would you, why would you want them near you? I don't get the comparison, Darren. Well, obviously you've got to be careful what you say because you, you've got to be politically correct. No, I don't. On the line, I don't have to be politically correct. Well, you do correct it to a certain degree. I don't do because you can't you can't be seen to say things that's going to get you in trouble. What do you but think I want to say that will get me in trouble? I know exactly. What, I know exactly how you feel about the situation because you said, "Well, I'm not too sure how I feel." If uh, well, if hang on, my thoughts, Darren. If I'm not too sure how I feel, then how do you know exactly how I feel? Because I'm not because sure. Because the majority of the, the can the you clarify, feel? Darren? Can you? You clarify. I, I, I miss the, the analogy between zoos and, and gypsies. What's, what's the yeah, connection? They live like animals. That's how they live. They live like animals. I've, I've dealt with these people. I've had them in pubs that I've ran. They come in. They wee in the alleyways. They wee in the I, corridors. I, I, I wee in alleyways. What's, what does well, that then mean? You know better than them, right. Ian. Okay. Darren, you know, <laughs> Darren, would you be speaking the same way if you were talking about black people or Asian people? See, what, what, so what are you trying to say now? Are you insinuating that I'm racist? Darren, you're getting very paranoid. I'm asking you a question. Would you speak the same way? Would you speak the same way? Would you speak the same way? Would you speak... Answer the question. Would you? I'm not going off the track. I'm very much on the track. Now you're talking about black people. Why are you bringing black people into this? I'm asking, would you use the same language if you were talking about black people or Asian people? absolutely no relevance to what we're talking about. It does, because gypsy... traveller sites, and now you're talking about black people. Because gypsies are... Gypsies are... Accepted as a race, they're accepted as a race. Why are we talking about race? Are because you're saying morals. I'm talking about the way people live, standards of life. Yeah, and you're people saying they that... want their wow. house robbed. People do not want their houses robbed. They don't want their kids threatened. They okay. don't want to be out of walk down the street. Darren, you can't Darren, do that with them Darren, people. gypsies are recognised as a race and a minority. What I'm saying is. I'm comparing them to black people and Asians because black people and Asians are also a race and a minority. Would you say the same things about black people? Well, not just what about Turkish, what about Greeks? Okay, would about, you say the same about things Spaniards? about? Would you say the same things about Turks? Uh, I don't, I don't really know much about Turks. Then why did you bring them up, Darren? I'm going to let you go because you're embarrassing yourself. But thank you very much for coming on, Darren from Dunstall, who says they live like animals. It's like being in a circus. They're dirty, and it leaves people's children's uh, children uh, in danger. Kelly's a traveller. Morning, Kelly. Yes, hello. What did you make of that last call? Oh, what did I think of it? Well, let me tell you. He's obviously not very well educated. He's not well travelled. He's bigoted and he's small-minded. But, you know, the sad thing is, he sounds like he's very young. You can expect that from somebody who's in their 90s, but not someone of his age. You know what times he's moved on? Oh, dear. I'm 37 years of age. I've got a mortgage. I'm paying for my own house. I've got my own business. Oh, my children go to school, one of them wants to be a doctor, the other one wants to be a policeman. You know what, and having to listen to him say things like that, and we just relieve ourselves anywhere, and it's like being in a zoo. Oh, dear, 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 dear. I, I dear. You know what, if it wasn't so pathetic, it would be funny. That man, he needs a reality check. He needs to, he needs to go somewhere and read up. That's what he needs to do, because he is obviously unintelligent. I think he was talking about, was it Turks or Sikhs? And then he said afterward, oh, well, I don't really know that much about them. It, typical example, going off half-cocked, and that's, that's the end result. And he spreads his poison to other people, 
Other people will pick up on half of it. And before you know where you are, you have Darren. What can I say? People out there <laughs> must be laughing at him because he's pathetic. And I hope you're listening to this, Darren. I do hope you're listening. You're pathetic. Kelly, thank you very much indeed. Darren will be listening. Darren will be listening. Thank you very much, Kelly. Well, you heard what Darren had to say. You heard what Kelly had to say. What do you think? 08459 555. I'm quite shocked by, uh, by some of Darren's words. Were you? Or do you agree with him? And is that racism? 8.30, let's go and get the travel news, shall we? Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there's severe disruption this morning to trains through Milton Keynes, where there are overhead line problems at Wolverton. It's causing a lot of disruption. London Midland not running between Milton Keynes and Northampton. They've got a replacement bus service uh, instead, and uh, that adding up to two hours, I'm told, to journey times. And uh, also Virgin Trains, they're not running between Milton Keynes and Rugby. They've now got their own bus service running uh, to connect you from Milton Keynes to Rugby, but that also adding up to two hours, they're saying, to journey times. Uh, now, on the roads, there's been an accident on the A421 on stand way in Milton Keynes. That is partly blocked at the Brinklow roundabout. It's causing queues from the Kingston roundabout, thanks to Richard, who called that in. The M25 looking very busy anti-clockwise. Junctions 26 to 25 from the A121 at Waltham Abbey round to the A10, and then taking roughly 10 minutes from Junction 16 round to 15, the M40 to the M4. And there's a queue just off Junction 21A as well on the roundabout at Brickett Wood. Still delays on the A602, particularly heading out of Hitchin towards Stevenage, where there are queues uh, the other way, looking slow from Stevenage to Hitchin, and then coming up the A505 from Luton to Hitchin, uh, looking slow as well. A505 in both directions through Dunstable, uh, looking pretty slow. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, thank you very much. A little bit later than usual, let's get the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Residents opposing plans for the expansion or creation of seven traveller sites in central Bedfordshire can still have their say, according to the council. The Liberal Democrats have won the Eastleigh by-election caused by the resignation of former Cabinet Minister Chris Hune. And treasure hunters have until the end of the day to find a cheque for £8,000 apparently hidden somewhere in Milton Keynes Gallery. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford travel to the Midlands tonight for their televised championship game against Wolves. Gianfranco Zola's side can consolidate their position in the automatic promotion spots with a victory. Defender Nyron Nosworthy understands that expectation levels have increased but says his side will not underestimate their opponents. People are expecting a good performance. We play this good football and everyone wants to see that but we won't take nothing away from teams who are, who are credibly very, very good but obviously in a bad position and everyone beats everyone in the championship and that makes things a lot harder. Luton Town manager John Still picks his first Hatters team for tomorrow's match at Stockport. He watched on Tuesday as his new side lost 2-0 at Braintree. The rebuilding process begins now, although Still says it's likely to be a slow one. Where do you want me to start? There's loads of things, lots of things that that I like to do. Um, I have a way that I want things to run uh, on and off the pitch, um, but... You know, it's too many to mention at the moment. I think the focus at the moment is is just on the team. 
And MK Dons don't expect David Martin or Dean Bowditch to be available for selection for tomorrow's home game against Preston. Manager Carl Robinson's looking for his side's first league win since New Year's Day. Striker Isle McLeod's yet to score for the Dons, but his manager thinks it's just a matter of time. You just keep saying that you believe in him. And as, as time will come, listen, it's an old cliche, but you tend to find the one that you miss hits or the one that hits him when the back goes in. Sometimes sets the forwards off and running. There's no logical reason to forwards scoring goals other than the fact that once they get one or two, confidence and freedom comes back into the game. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bugs, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm excited. I just had a chap called Junior come in the studio and plug his bass guitar in to test it. That's exciting. He's got five. Junior, you've got five strings on your bass. You only, you only need four. Huh? You need to know how to work those four. Like I do. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. We've got a bit of music before the end of the show, which will be great fun. Uh, last 30 minutes of the show and lots to cram in, lots to cram in, including a cheque for eight grand, apparently hidden in Milton Keynes Gallery back in January. You've got until today to find it. We've been trying to track down the artist who put it there. We can speak to Justin Dealey in a few seconds, who's been on the hunt. As I say, every Friday, we like to end the show. A little bit of music. Today it's the turn of the Scar Masters. Now, back in January, we told you about one man's mission to get people interested in art in Milton Keynes. It was reported that Buck's artist, Thomas Georgeson, hid a blank cheque for £8,000 somewhere in the Milton Keynes gallery. The person to find it could cash it. Well, today's the deadline. It must be found or the artist will remove it from its hiding place. The story gained huge national media attention and our art correspondent, Justin Dealey, has been trying to track the artist down. Justin, Ian. Thomas Georgian, he, he failed to turn up for an interview. Mm. He's not really spoken to us. Is, what's going on? Is the cheque there or is it a PR stunt? Well, some would say it's a PR stunt. Some would say it's clearly not a PR stunt. He's turned down every single person for an interview. So we had no option, Ian. We had to track this man down. I tracked him down on Wednesday at his home ahead of the deadline. We had this bizarre conversation. I tapped on the door. Actually, that's a bit tinny, actually. I tapped on the door. Uh, and then this window opened upstairs. And a man in his 30s peered out of the window. He had glasses. He had a beard. And I said, excuse me, I'm from the BBC. I'm looking for Thomas Georgian. And he replied, um, he's not... Um, I said, it's you, isn't it? No, 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 it's you, isn't it? Yes, I'll be down in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I love... You really do push yes. to the truth, don't you, Justin? BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. <laughs> so he came downstairs, and uh, again, we had this bizarre conversation. Went on for about 20 minutes or so. And he said, look, I will not be giving you any interview and I said come on you've got to come on you're saying you've got a check in the gallery for £8,000 just talk to us and we will promote it for you but sadly he wouldn't so this is a brief description of what he had to say and as Thomas won't give us that interview his words are read by a BBC Three Counties radio employee and art critic listen to this it's Ben Nye I'll tell you just we chose you chose him because he has beard yes. and glasses he Absolutely. looks arty doesn't he he does indeed let's have a listen to what he's got to say I don't know how you found where I live but I won't be dictated to by the media I won't be given an interview before my statement is read at 2pm on Friday I did put a cheque in the MK gallery and it's not a PR stunt it's all the money I have I live with my parents and I will have no money left if it's found it's everything I have, but it's worth it to promote art in Milton Keynes. I'm planning something big for 2pm on Friday, but then again I might not turn up. I might not. I won't be dictated to by the media, 
whether you turn up at my house or not. How can you plan something big and then go back to <laughs> I might not do that big thing? Thomas, please, for goodness sake, stop this messing around. You've got our telephone number. Just talk to us this morning. So, a lot of people, again, they may feel this is a hoax. According to Thomas, numbers are up at the Milson Keynes Gallery by four to 500 people. I was there on the 30th of January when this big story broke, and I spoke to a number of people in Milton Keynes who had never used the gallery before. This, of course, all about promotion, and they asked them whether they now would, considering there's a check in there, we believe, for £8,000. Yeah, definitely going in, mate. Going in there now, if it's open. <laughs> Opens at midday. <laughs> midday, yeah, I'll be the first one in, mate. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and what would you spend the money on? My daughter's getting married this year, so that would go towards that. be absolutely perfect. But how far would you go? Would you quite literally tip the place upside down to find it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you just have a casual look? Yes. Well, Cheryl, we can see the Milton Keynes Art Gallery just over there to our left-hand side. Have you ever been inside the gallery before? No, I haven't. Never before. OK, this cheque of £8,000, it could be yours. Will you now go to the gallery? I will go and have a look, <laughs> yeah. It opens at midday. Does it? You're going to be first in the queue? Hopefully. <laughs> and you got your daughter with you today. Yeah. What would you spend £8,000 on, apart from buying me a drink? Disneyland. That would be a magical holiday. It would be, yeah. <laughs> Well, Matthew, some people are very excited about this, but, but you don't think this cheque exists, do you? Well, it's not that I don't think it doesn't exist. It's just a massive ploy that it might not exist. It could yeah. just be a way of bringing people in. Justin, if, if people have been going in, and we're going to speak to someone from the gallery in a second, yeah. is it such a bad thing? Well, I don't know. You, I think this afternoon, hopefully, Thomas, what we'll do is he says, he'll turn up at the gallery at two o'clock, and he will talk to people, he will, he will give interviews, and he will explain what's been going on here. But I think, you know, if it is a hoax and the cheque's not in there, some would say, I'm sure that's very, very unfair in saying that, of course, it's important to get people involved in local arts, and clearly, with the amount of publicity, that's worked for the Milton Keynes Art Gallery. You can't deny that, Ian. Well, that, you're right. Let's We can speak now to um, Catherine uh, Sorensen from the Milton Keynes Gallery. Morning, Catherine. Good morning, Ian. Come on, what's going on? Is this a hoax? Certainly not on the part of the gallery. Um, the first I knew of it was when a, an entertainment reporter from the Daily Telegraph was in touch with me to ask, is there a check in the gallery? Have you spoken to Mr Georgeson? I haven't, no. Has, has he, he's not been in contact or anything? Not with me, no. The artist has mentioned that there's um, been an increase in visitors to the gallery. Is this true? Um, We have had a few hundred extra visitors, yes, we have. You're sounding, if I may be so bold, Catherine, a little bit defensive. Are you worried that this, this, this could all backfire? In what sense backfire? I mean, obviously it's a good idea to have uh, lots more people aware of the gallery. I mean, I have very, very little money for paid advertising, so obviously thrilled that there's exposure for the gallery. But if it turns out to be a hoax, then we were speaking to an advertising exec um, earlier on who said, well, actually, that, that, that could, could backfire and could be bad publicity. Um, there's always a double-edged sword, isn't there? But uh, from our perspective, we have to take it in good part and look at the positives of people having been to, to visit us and uh, many of them taking time to look at the work on display and to learn about the things that we have here on a regular basis um, for all people, including um, you know parents and toddlers every week. Um, and tonight, you know, there's films for, for, for young people. So all M- sorts of things. Mr Joyson uh, claims he may be making a statement at 2 o'clock. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, not until Justin mentioned it to me just now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Justin Dealey, the first for news. Well, Catherine, listen, we, we, we shall uh, leave it there. Thank you very much, Catherine Sorensen from the Milton Keynes Gallery. We can talk now to uh, Dan Baines, who's a prop and illusion designer. Dan, I'm, I'm kind of putting my money down on, the, on this being a hoax, and, and you've done a hoax or two in your time, haven't you? Hi, good morning, Ian. Uh, I've, well, I've done one, actually, but uh, it was the one that um, 
you know, sort of was my sort of platform for what I do now. So it was very successful. It was what, like what voted you... like the seventh greatest hoax of all time on one website. Hey, that's so. not bad going. For, for those who don't know what it is, to, to tell them what the hoax was. Okay, well, back in 2007, I released some forensic images of a mummified fairy that had been found in Derbyshire. Oh, good. And good. Uh, knowing that, well, first of all, I tried to give it to the British press see if they would like to, you know, use it as a April Fool's hoax, but um, all the major tabloid newspapers turned it down and laughed at it, so I sent it to America, which they fell for it. Well, like, they, they, they gobbled it up completely, didn't they, those Completely. Yanks? Overnight. It was literally, I sent the email at 8 o'clock that night, and when I woke up the next day, it had gone viral, pretty much, and then pretty much for the rest of the following week, the Mirror, the Sun, the News of the World, they were calling me and they're saying, what's about the mummified fairy? Have you got it? And I let the hoax run for a week before things started getting a little bit out of hand. So, at what point did you did you go? Actually, do you know what I'm going to? I should bow out of this gracefully before I get lynched. What what, what was the kind of the, the final thing? Or you you, you thought that? Um, I think it attracted. Well, it created more interest than I thought it would. There's a hell of a lot of people out there who believe in fairies and. Um, I was getting really sort of offensive emails from, like, um, druids and, uh, you know, this type of saying, you know, you need to return the body or you're going to, you know, you're going to die and all this type of stuff. So um, it, it did get quite, yeah. um, I got a lot of offensive emails and it got to the point where I actually couldn't control the amount of emails I was getting and I had to sort of increase the bandwidth on my website four times a week. So it was actually costing me a lot of money. So I released a statement at the end of the week yeah. saying it was a hoax and a lot of people were, you know, sort of like, thanked me for sort of giving them that little element of um, hope and sort of, you know, putting a bit of imagination back into their lives. Dan, um, when, you start get, when you start getting... <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm laughing, I shouldn't laugh. When you start getting death threats from druids... Yeah. You, w- w- how, how does that make you feel? Uh, not, not really bothered, to be honest. I'm sort of... I'm quite thick-skinned. I'm ex-forces, and, oh. you know, <laughs> the, last, the last thing I'm worried about is a druid. A couple of druids yeah. turning up. Not going to bother yeah. an ex-squaddy. And did, when you then came out and said, actually, this is a hoax, this is all a joke, ha, 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 did, yeah. did you get anybody who was furious at that, furious that they'd been duped? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I got some really... I think some of them were actually off people who were just nuts anyway, you know what I mean? I think yeah. they were the, the sort of people who wouldn't just latch on to anything that's in the media and pursue it because it's something they don't quite, you know, they don't agree with. So I don't think I was singled out as such by um, that many people. But, mm. you know, I think some people just like to have a slice of the action regardless of if it's positive or negative. And, you know, this type of situation, this type of hoax like the artist has done, it's captured the imagination of people and obviously when i did the um hoax back in 2007 there wasn't so much of a financial crisis but you know giving people the opportunity to potentially go into a gallery and find eight thousand pounds you know that essentially is the same sort of seed that i planted with the fairies grabbed their imagination and it's thought you know they thought well if there is if it is out there maybe i can go and find it and it was the same thing with the fairies maybe if he's found a mummy five fairy and it's real maybe i can go out in the countryside and find them it's like the ultimate bit of guerrilla marketing for for him and for me you know at the time i didn't do it as a publicity stunt for my company because i didn't have the company at the time off the back of it you know i've now got a successful business whereas he is obviously one of the major points of doing it is to be is to put as many people through the door as possible to see his work which is is very clever and you know hands up 
you know, um, I applaud the chap for doing it. He's, he's, a, he's, had a, he's had a good crack. Dan, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on. Dan uh, Baines, who convinced the world that he had a mummified fairy. Before we go to the news, let's just one more time. Let's just hear that statement, uh, because I think it's read so beautifully, uh, from the artist Thomas Joyson. I don't know how you found where I live, but I won't be dictated to by the media. I won't be given an interview before my statement is read at 2pm on Friday. I did put a check in the MK Gallery, and it's not a PR stunt. It's all the money I have, I live with my parents, and I will have no money left if it's found. It's everything I have, but it's worth it to promote art in Milton Keynes. I'm planning something big for 2pm on Friday, but then again I might not turn up. I might not. I won't be dictated to by the media, whether you turn up at my house or not. Fantastic. Right, let's get the... Tra- I told you it's a Friday. Travel news now. Here's Russell. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, severe disruption to train services through Milton Keynes this morning because of overhead line problems at Wolverton. London Midland have buses running from Milton Keynes to Northampton. Virgin trains have a bus running from Milton Keynes to Rugby. And they reckon it's adding all in all an extra two hours to your journey time as a result of these overhead line problems at Wolverton. There's also a road problem in the Milton Keynes area as well. On the A421 on Standing Way, uh, that's partly blocked at the Brinklow Roundabout. A couple of vehicles involved in an accident that's been causing queues from the Kingston Roundabout. Although I'll be honest, Ian, it's been a while since I've had an update on that, so if you're there and can tell me more, please do. Uh, M25 looks very busy anti-clockwise, junctions 26 to 25 from Waltham Abbey to the A10 and then 16 to 15 slope from the M40 round to the M4. And it's very busy off junction 21A at Brickett Wood on the A405. Uh, A1M is slow southbound, junctions 8 to 7 at Stevenage. It looks very busy heading towards Stevenage out of Hitchin as well on the A602 and it's also uh, queuing up towards Hitchin heading away away from Stevenage and then the A505 into Hitchin coming from Luton uh, also looking slow A505 each way through uh, Dunstable uh, looking pretty slow in both directions really going towards Dunstable looks very very busy Russell Holding BBC Three Counties Radio Russell thank you very much indeed Right it's 8.48 got lots to crack on with so these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio Residents opposing plans for the expansion or creation of seven traveller sites in central Bedfordshire can still have their say, according to the council. Treasure hunters have until the end of the day to find a cheque for £8,000, apparently hidden somewhere in Milton Keynes Gallery. In sports, Saracens fly-half Owen Farrell has only a 50-50 chance of playing for England in next weekend's Six Nations match against Italy after picking up a thigh injury against France. Now... It's Friday, and every Friday we like to end the show with a little bit of music. Today it's the turn of the Scarmasters. They're setting up now, but before we hear from them, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's misty, murky. We've got some outbreaks of light rain and drizzle as well. Shouldn't be anything heavier than that. Um, certainly should be a much drier afternoon, but we've got lots of low cloud out there. That's not really going to shift. We'll see afternoon temperatures up to 5 or 6 degrees Celsius in Luton, Welling Garden City, Great Missenden, and in Milton Keynes as well. 43 in Fahrenheit, nothing special. Very little in the way of brightness or sunshine all weekend. In fact, I don't think we're going to see the sunshine until Monday. It'll stay grey and dark on Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures between around 5 and 7 degrees. We might just catch a bit of brightness in the afternoon on Sunday, but I think that'll be our lot. Monday, though, is looking lovely. Nice southeasterly breeze bringing up nice dry air from the continent. So some spring-like weather by Monday with some decent spells of sunshine and temperatures all the way to double figures. That's the forecast. Thank you very much.
Every Sunday, join us in learning more about disability and mental health. It felt like there was a saber-toothed tiger with their teeth in my head. Shrinkwrapped aims to dispel the myths around mental issues. I also thought cars would bend round me, which was... um not very helpful and looks into disabled life he's now developed Tourette's syndrome and he's in the depths of a deep 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 dark depression shrink wrapped wonderful to hear a story of how care and support can be good shrink wrapped every sunday from midday on bbc three counties radio now, it's Friday, and on Fridays, we kind of like to have a little bit of music, just because yeah, it's been a tough week, and the news and stuff going on. So far, we've had a barbershop chorus, we've had a Beach Boys um, tribute band, we've had a harpist, all sorts. Today, it's Scar, and I'm joined by the Scar Masters. Hello, chaps. Looking very rowdy at this time. <laughs> morning. Morning. So who have we got? Let's go from left to right. Peter. Peter. Barry. Archie. Junior. Junior. Junior Junior's the bass man. Junior's the most important. Although you've got that extra fifth string, you don't need that, Junior. Jamaican extra bass needed. It needs it. It needs it. So listen, t- just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and how did you all get together? Um, we're a nine-piece normally ska band. We all well, hang on, we're... Where are the others? Yeah, you said they couldn't fit. Oh. So we had, they couldn't get up. Yeah. Lazy. Us. That's so, the Yeah, thing. that's right. We can only afford breakfast for four, so... <laughs> and we're the good ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we started in 2009, um, a little village of Copal. Most all the band came from there. We just played covers. Went to see the specials who reformed recently, and... Uh, the, re- the scar was reborn again. <laughs> like that. So that's what we do. Should we, should we just go straight in with a song? Yeah, what are you going to play for it. us first? Um, we're going to play a Roddy Byers song by a specialist called Hey Little Rich Girl. Away you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bought you a fur coat when you were 15. You wore it to the disco when everyone was in jeans. You were a rich girl, only having fun. Your low cut dresses, but stairs from everyone. I said, hey, little rich girl, where did you go wrong? You left for London when you were 19. Had to pull off your nice clothes, cause you were living on dreams. A man in the bright light took all that you own. It's taken your freedom for a fate unknown And you were a rich girl, hardly having fun Your worn out dresses, but stairs from everyone I said, now hey little rich girl, where did you go wrong?
dad's office party All the movies were blue Caused him so much heartache Cause the screen star was you Well you left for London When you were 19 Had to pawn off your nice clothes Cause you were living on dreams Fantastic. Well, I'll be honest, lads, when you walked in, I thought, oh dear, here we go. This is <laughs> oh dear, we've booked some duds. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was absolutely, listen, we haven't got much time. I, I, I want to cram another song in. So just tell, have you got a website? Can people come and find yeah, out stuff about you? Go look up for the Scar Masters on Facebook or the web. Yep. And uh, you can find us there. And, have you got, do, you, do you play many gigs? Yeah, we play, we, play, we play sort of one a month. There's so many of us getting together is a problem. But our next big one is uh, the Corn Exchange, 21st of April, supporting Bruce Foxton's From the Jam. So that's, that's a good one. That's not bad going, yeah. is it? No, it's good fun. That's, that's pretty good. We've been very you, lucky. You're right, it's that thing when you've got nine people in a band. I've been in bands before with nine people. It's, it's always the horn section as well. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the horn section. Because they're, they're like proper musicians. They are. Like, yeah, oh, well, I don't know if I can, <laughs> if I can do this. Uh, and so who else is it? What, what other members of the band have you got? We've what got a trumpet player, um, bass player, a, a drummer. Mm. And keyboards play, yes. And another, and, and another vocalist, Ali. Sorry, Ali. Ali. Yes, the lady. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm actually guitarist. Yes, he's guitarist in the, in the in the other band. I've got to yes. be honest, Junior's my favourite. Ah, yeah. He's he's obviously he's obviously the talent in the group. He, he yeah. clearly <laughs> is. Yeah. He, he is. <laughs> you play bass by any chance? Uh, uh, yes, well, I, I wouldn't want to express any. <laughs> Listen, can we fit in another song? At some point, we may. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. We may have to go to the travel during the song, which is which. No uh, what I would like to use as the backing. So if I put my hand up, carry on playing, but stop singing. Okay. Don't take it personally. No, that's fine. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you suck. I no. think you're, you're doing good. <laughs> they if usually you, do mean that. They, <laughs> if the hand goes up, carry on playing. And keep, but don't sing and we'll, we'll have the travel uh, un, uh, over you if that's all right. Yep. Fantastic. You okay? Thank what, what's, you what's the next song you got for us? Um, this is Doesn't Make It All Right, another special song. Away you go. Think they're really clever 
to smash your head against the wall Then they said you got it my way They really think they know it all It doesn't make it Keep on playing. We should go now to Russell and get the latest travel news. Now, this lovely scar music. There's the bed. Russell, over to you, sir. Fabulous. Loving it. Loving it. Now, the uh, trains have not been good this morning uh, through Wolverton and Milton Keynes, where there are overhead line problems, severe disruption at the moment. Uh, London Midland have buses running between Milton Keynes and Northampton. Virgin running a bus from Milton Keynes to Rugby as a result of this, and they reckon it's adding up to two hours to journey times. Now, on the roads, the A421, I think, still partly blocked along Standing Way at Milton Keynes, where there's an accident at the Brinklow roundabout with queues from the Kingston roundabout. The M25, very busy anti-clock Wise Junction's 26 to 25 from Waltham Abbey to the A10 and 16 to 15 from the M40 to the M4. A1M looking slow south through Stevenage. Junction's 8 uh, down to 7. And there are also delays around Hitchin. Very busy around Hitchin this morning. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Russell, expertly done. Thank you very much indeed. So that's that's the end of the week. It's been a pretty darn good week. I think we've managed to get away with it just about. Big thank you to the Scarmasters. Thank you so much for coming in, chaps. I'll be back on Monday at six o'clock. Stick around though. JVS is up next after the news with Catherine. Getting beds, hearts, and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's nine o'clock. The headlines. Government.